I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and produced by Nicholas Lott. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? Yo, 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 yo. Well, hey. Hey, everybody. Did you uh, did you turn that uh, camera on? Uh, man, I'm confused. This is weird, guys. Be patient with us tonight. Hey, I don't know if you know this, but the host in this chair is Howdy. usually the one who starts the show. You actually usually Howdy. start with a yo and say something and then introduce. But And then I say, hey, welcome to Gravity. Oh, yeah. How's that feel? <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> Fuck yourself. <laughs> I thought that I unplugged my microphone on accident. I was like, oh, shit, what I do? What I do? Okay. So uh, for anyone watching or listening, you're going to notice we've uh, switched, <laughs> switched things up a little bit. Uh, DJ asked me if I'd be interested in sitting in the host chair. For I thought this I was show. hosting. Uh, I mean, that could also work. <laughs> Oh, you're going to throw me a curveball as soon as I sit down, huh? Mm-hmm. All right, all right. But uh, I think DJ's got a little more. Are, are you sure you turned that camera on? The the right screen there in, in OBS? What's it showing? <laughs> because I still see. Oh, yeah, I think it's yeah. going. Yeah. On the, on the live feed that I'm getting from that computer, nothing's changed. Yeah, no, I see that too here. So I'm going to play with this computer here in a second. I'm just too busy. I'm trying to technical glitches i'm not working too well right now i'm sorry <laughs> that's o- it's okay <laughs> oh uh yeah justin's got it all right but uh i just want to make sure that this goes so terribly wrong that this is the only time that i'm gonna have to sit in this chair so to uh ensure the uh chaos and ultimate demise of the podcast i brought my friend jesse tex leos onto the uh onto the podcast how we doing howdy, howdy. if that is your real name mm. where does that name come from good start Great start. Uh, <laughs> you hear the crickets? I heard them. Well, what is this? A yeah, <laughs> job interview? Thought yes. We were, thought we were kicking it. Uh, I got that in Australia. So how old were you when people started calling you Tex? 25. Okay. And uh, living in Australia, what were you doing there? Playing sports. What kind of sports? Aussie rules football. So explain that to idiots like me that don't know what Aussie rules football is. It's like soccer with more violence. And you can hit people. <laughs> okay. And it's like everything that I wanted to do when I was playing soccer, you can do in Aussie rules, and it's encouraged. So they, you know, when you're watching a, a professional soccer game and somebody steps on the side of someone's shoe and they flop around like it's the end of the world? No, so, I've never, yeah. But there's not a lot of that in, in Aussie <laughs> rules. No, there's definitely me. not. It is, uh, it's a hockey kind of culture where uh, guys, uh, they step up and defend each other. So it's um and the officials let it happen? Yes, most definitely. Yeah. You can you kind of regulate that kind of uh you know, hargy bargy um as a team. Hargy bargy? Yeah. You, you know what, what I mean. Means. Means. No, what the fuck's hargy bargy? <sighs> you know, like little off the ball stuff, like stuff that's happening away from the play where you're pushing and shoving. And, oh, so you're you not know. you're not involved in the direct action of the game, exactly. but you're still... You're influencing the game through kind of roughing people Taking off on shots. the side. Yeah, exactly. So you kind of regulate that sort of stuff. That gets out of hand rather than the officials kind of take over. That's uh, You'll step up and kind of handle that stuff yourself. So very unlike soccer, more like hockey in that, that so way. How old are you when you started playing this? 24. Yeah, and you were playing at a professional level? Uh, no, it was, I guess the best way to describe it would be 
the sports culture over there in Australia is so different than here because here, you know, you you play high school sports, you play growing up and stuff, and then you get to 18, and if you don't go play college sports, you're pretty much done playing sports as an adult here yep. in the United States. And then when you're done playing college, I mean, less than 1% of college players become professional athletes. And once uh, once you're 22 – you know, you pretty much stop playing sports here in the U.S., whereas over there, their sports culture is built around playing sports and being active in general your entire life. So they've got these leagues set up that are really competitive leagues with ex-professional players, um, guys that are just playing at a really high level but maybe it won't ever make the pros um, in all these little communities. And these leagues can be really competitive and uh, pretty high-level stuff. So I was playing in a league that would be like um, whether there's a baseball team around here, right? The Skeeters or something? The Skeeters, yeah. It would, be, it would be something around that level. But it was enough for you to make a living off of. I made some money doing it, for sure. Um, you get game bonuses and things like that, too, for wins. And then I was working part-time jobs while I was over there as well. So is most of the team Australian? Or are there a lot of... Yeah, um... no, I was the first American to ever play in this league. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So how did how what made the connection between you here and, and moving over there? Um, so I was playing soccer, and then when I realized that those days were kind of kind of done for me, I wasn't going to go into the MLS or anything like that. Um, I started just trying to stay busy. I had a real competitive drive, and I wanted to see more s- naked dudes in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, something Just like couldn't that. let those days die, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I got into CrossFit real big right after soccer, just trying to be competitive in something, and then that wasn't uh, that wasn't fulfilling me. And Wait, I met some of these... You were competitive? <laughs> <laughs> I met some of these Aussies um, that were playing Australian rules football that right there in Austin, where I was living. And uh, I got real into that for really just a few months, maybe less than a year. I started playing with them, and I just knew it was something I really liked, and it was a really competitive team, and it was a competitive game. And just as a joke, one of the guys on the team kind of threw it out there, like, hey, you should, go, you should go back to Oz and do a tryout. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. Like, I just started playing this. I don't know what I'm doing. And he set me up with a, a local team over there to go try out. And I thought, well, this would be a cool vacation, a little getaway from real life. And uh, I moved over there with the intent of maybe trying to play a few games and just learn the sport a little bit better. And I ended up staying for, for a while, over a year, and playing, uh, playing for that local team, Borrowing Heads, and playing for the U.S. national team. Um, what, what's the team name? It was Barwin Heads. Was Borrowing it? Heads? Barwin Heads. Oh, I thought you were like some Mayan yeah, shit. Yeah. Well, Barwin was the river. And it's the where the head of the river. Okay. Yeah, where it right, meets the uh, salt water. That's a lot less aggressive than I thought when you <laughs> first said it. Yeah, we're gonna go out there and borrow these motherfuckers' heads. All right. <laughs> so I thought you meant. So uh, when did when did you come back to the states? Um, 2012. And yeah. you you moved back to Austin. Yep. And is that uh, where does skydiving start? Uh, about a pretty pretty soon after, maybe two or three months after. Um, had some money saved up when I came back over and I was just feeling in a really weird spot. Like I traveled and I really had a good time living over there and it was kind of hard to come back, but I felt like it was the right time to come back. 
but I didn't know what the hell what to do with myself. I tried to get a real job for a little bit, and uh, that, that what, just... What, what did you try for your whew, real job? Uh, let's see. What was I doing? I was... I spent some time as a manager at a rental car place. <laughs> was it enter- like, Enterprise Rent-A-Car? It was Hertz. They was, gave that, that you the for, tools that was to for be a your few own months. boss. Yeah, that was for a few months, and then I worked for a, an online company for a few months, and within less than a year, I was like, I this is just... I'd been hustling since I got out of school, different kinds of jobs, personal training jobs, stuff like that. Um, that uh, that sort of structure and being in a a workplace in an office workplace, it just wasn't it wasn't going to work. So I started skydiving, which is something I always wanted to do. And as soon as I started skydiving, my instructor was Matt Kingen, who I know you got your yeah uh, DJ. I muted myself. Sorry, <laughs> I, I, I've been sitting back and watching the show. It's unique to, it's a di- it's a different angle, isn't it? Uh, I like that seat over there. I really have grown pretty fond of it. Actually. Dude, I'm enjoying this. So, uh, y- sorry back to you. I've I've just been mesmerized, just kind of sitting back and watching. Uh, Matt King and yeah, I know Matt. Yeah, so he used my FFI, and I mean instantly Locking I was a. yeah, instantly I was, you know, I kind of looked at him and was like, you you get paid for this? Like you just got paid to, to do what you did with me. And he was like, yeah, this is what I do every day. And I was like, all right. And I just knew I was going to work in skydiving from the very first time. Where did you start at? Texas Le- Skydiving Center. Oh, so you started in Lexington. Yeah. You're a Lexington baby. A redneck skydiver, yeah. <laughs> dude, there are some, I, I've met some really good folks out of there. We'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit, but dude, yeah. man, there have been some really, really, really good folks. There are small DZ, ain't nothing wrong with And Sarah and David small. just took it over, and I'm sure they're going to do good things with them. They're great people. They'll so. take it to the next oh, level. Yeah. But dude, Matt King and taught you to skydive. Yeah, I was his first uh, first student. You were his first? Oh, yeah. He went from me to you. I know, 100%. Holy I was uh, I was around the DZ doing my ground course and stuff like that when he was getting his rating from you. Dude, he is so blessed to have you as his first student because somebody who's bilaterally engaged, you use your feet all the time. Teaching you to skydive couldn't have been hard. I was an obsessive student. Like I was uh, way, maybe to the point where now looking back, if, if I was an AFFI, I would almost tell that student to dial it down with the amount of research and learning they're trying oh, you to just, do. You showed up knowing too much shit, huh? Yeah, but I didn't think that I knew too much. I, I definitely was aware of, you know, that I don't know everything, but I was that guy that spent so much time watching YouTube videos of AFF jumps, and I read The Sim from cover to cover like 10 no times. Shit. I'm not even joking. Before did- I went and did my first jump, I those quizzes would come up or he'd start explaining, you know, what different malfunctions are and i would just stop them right there and be like yeah yeah I've, I've, you know not that i know it already but i'm i'm i, I see where you're going with this like, did you do a tandem first no 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 tandem no never been on a tandem i've never been on a tandem oh man Ooh. seems That's freaky a, now at this point uh, dude i i've been on three mm-hmm. my first two jumps were tandems and then i did one front ride for a, a good buddy uh chris argyle he's the one that does the shred the nar jerseys is an instructor at the utah tunnel yep he got his rating, and I went on the front for him. And after having, I probably had fifteen hundred skydives at the time. And man, it was scary. It was scary to give up all that, uh, all the, con- you know, just felt like you had no control. And I didn't know very much. I, you know, I had shot maybe five hundred tandem videos at this point. I guess more than that. But I didn't even know about the yellow and the black toggles. I, had, <laughs> I, had, I didn't know what that meant. And we were at like uh, a thousand feet coming in. He's like, "Oh, I need my flare toggles." It's <laughs> like, "What? You have extras? Like, I didn't even know that was a thing." 
But uh, what what if someone came to you wanting you to do a front ride for a course? Would you would you have any interest and any interest in doing it just for the fun of doing it? I would have no interest in doing it, but I would do it for a friend for sure. All right, you guys heard it. Yeah, someone's gonna hold you to it. But you have friends. Oh, hang on, <laughs> hang on, hang on. Hang on. <laughs> so hey, DJ, th- what's going on with this? queen of the titty brigade back here <laughs> by the way like uh, that threw me off when nick was talking and i just looked over my, co- my dude she's kind of giving you the eyeballs for the first time dude what the hell's going on back here man so uh we were at can, can i pick her up you can touch yeah, yeah, yeah. you can rub her you can motor why did i bitch. say yeah like that like <laughs> i own it like yeah, yeah you pick can that do motherfucker it. Up. yeah do it yeah <laughs> tell me what it's like so valerie and i and heath richardson paula up in They're dallas nice. we went to uh the renaissance festival together and Valerie and I go to Grim Fair all the time. It's just something we like to do. And I saw that. She's a Valkyrie. And that came out uh, right after the Valkyrie Canopy came out. Or that's when I first saw it. I'm like, that's super cool. And I just thought that was Those tits are it. super cool. <laughs> that thing is super cool. Dude, I want to motorboat it. So Valerie had Heath pick it up for me, bring it back, and she surprised me for Christmas. So that's my Valkyrie. And uh, Valkyrie, get it? Uh-huh. Oh, what a sweetheart. <laughs> Jesus. That's how you sold your wife on this idea? Oh, her name's just like you. I didn't even notice those tits, baby. Mm. Okay, so... Uh, Learn to skydive from Matt Kingen. No, hang on. I, mm. I got to interrupt with something. Oh. One of my favorite things to do when I've spent time with Tex is to uh, drink alcohol that bothers him. <laughs> so the first time was on uh, uh, Steve Sr.'s... Uh, King Air, like we were balling, having a great week. Look how upset he is already. I'm just talking about it. But we were having a really good You're weekend. Embarrassing. We're flying home, uh, and everyone stops to get beers and you know alcohol to drink on the plane, right? And I, I think I asked Jay, I, like, what? He would... is literally disgusted. <laughs> I just felt like such a, such a badass. Like <laughs> it was just such a. Man, we're this is like it was this really is shit. we're a bunch of men. We're balling right now. It was right a good now. weekend because like, we like were... we're our own freaking like we're running our destiny right now. This is the shit. <laughs> and I totally fucked this game up with a box of wine that I got at the gas station. Not a bite. It was like a pink like franzia or something like that. Little box of wine, and we're all sitting around with tall boys and just like flying in this private jet with leather seats, and I'm just. Thinking I'm king of the world right now, and I look over. <laughs> you might. Jesus Christ! No, but man, I, my my testosterone level just dropped like fifty percent just when I looked over at you. Uh, he was probably wearing like yoga pants too at the time, dude. You know I was wearing yoga Sam. pants. And yeah, we're the same size. What are you gonna do about it? But I asked Jay that day. I'm pretty sure uh-huh. Jay's the one who told me get a box of wine or some of this fucking clamato, like tomato Budweiser thing. Oh yeah, that's Hyder's thing. Oh yeah, with all those Zimas and stuff like that. <laughs> well, that's what I got today. Oh. To the podcast. So we got a uh, Bud Light and clamato. I'm not gonna sit here with you. Well. <laughs> You're gonna have to let me enjoy my chilada first. No, a I'm gonna be the first one on the the to podcast walk, here walk out. that does it from the oh, hallway. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is gonna make me gag because I am not a fan of tomato juice. Yeah, it's gonna make you gag. It was meant to make you gag. It's got Bud Light and Clamato <laughs> well, in it. We're either gonna make a commercial for them right now or we're not. Is it, I'm, I'm gonna let you know how it is. Oh is this God. a spot y'all are doing? Did you get Did you get sponsored by these guys? Like, hold oh, on just a second terrible. while I br- break open this Bud Light and Clamato. <laughs> now available at all Albertsons. It's really bad. No, I got it at the uh, Bighorn uh, 
barbecue gas station right over here. Oh, God. The guy was pretty psyched that I was getting it. Barbecue gas station? <laughs> yeah, you haven't seen it? No, over it's here? not that. It you called? just had me at barbecue gas station. <laughs> well, that exists. Oh, dude. Yeah, no, you're damn right you're How right. psyched are you that the new Bucky's opened? Uh, I went and visited the other day. <laughs> yeah, were you there at the grand opening? <laughs> I really was. I know you were. <laughs> I was driving back uh, and going through Katie, oh, and it, the big billboard said now open, and you know. It's the best Who's place. Who's not going to yeah. stop there? Why wouldn't you? Have you asked them for a sponsorship I actually just yet? blacked out, and I woke up in one of the stalls. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Were your pants down? <laughs> yeah, there were beaver Was nuggets there everywhere. there another man in there? <laughs> this is a classy establishment, sir. Oh, sorry. Was there another uh, truck driver in there with you? <laughs> it's not a lot lizard kind of place, man. Yeah, it's a nice place. You know, I really do like stopping at Bucky's. Yeah. As much as it's a... Man, I, tr- I uh, drive all the time. It is the best. But it's it's so odd to see people fanatical about a oh, gas yeah. station, though, right? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, I can't think of any other gas station that's anywhere near that. I love it for just how absurd it is. That it's, <laughs> that some, it's Walmart. Yeah, that it's somehow station. become this cultural representation for a lot of Texans. <laughs> is this store that's only been around for like 10 or 15 years with a giant beaver and a cartoon <laughs> hat flipped up like this. And people, it's somehow like wrapped into their identity. And I just, I love it. I think I, it's hilarious. I think, I think accent, it's great. And I and part of me kind of loves it too. Oh, I think your accent got thicker. As we started <laughs> talking about Bucky's. <laughs> Beer's kicking in. <laughs> How's that Clamato kicking in over there? It's disgusting. It's really it? bad. It Ch- actually has negative alcohol. Chalada. <laughs> No, it tastes really. It tastes like someone pissed in tomato soup. <laughs> Jesus Christ! So I'm gonna have another sip. That reminds me of the Hyder uh, Zima's though. One time he was telling uh, he was telling me and Jay a story. We were standing around the DZ, and he comes up to us. And, oh, he was telling us about he had just done a demo into that that baseball stadium, the Skeeters. Oh, Skeeters. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They had just done a demo, and he was telling me about how he was going to uh, to get a beer after the demo. And he was walking around the stadium, and he's like, so I get up there and, you know, uh, order a Bud Light Lime. And he just says it nonchalant and just telling his story, and I stop him. I'm like, did you say you ordered a Bud Light Lime? (laughs) And he goes, yeah, that's all they had. And he keeps telling the story, and I just stop him again. I'm like, that's all they had? You were at a baseball stadium? (laughs) You went up to a beer stand? And they're like, sorry, all we have is Bud Light Lime. <laughs> You're full of shit, Hyder. <laughs> and he was like, it's all they had. I was just like, there's yeah. no baseball Dude. stadium in America that only serves Bud Light Lime. <laughs> You're lying right now. And we just shut his story down. He's Dude. like, well, if you don't want to hear my story, I'm like, no, I can't get past <laughs> the Bud Light Lime. Your, your story is your already built on false premise. <laughs> Uh, I love Jason Hyder, but man, he is professional level at being full of shit. That's <laughs> great. He's a professional level of being a woman, too. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Jealous. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. back, back so wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Nick wants to be a woman. Is this what we just No, I just want to get some Jason Hyder in me. That's all I'm saying. And Clamato. <laughs> Look at his face right now. He's regretting what he did. No, you no. can't. You can't back Nick down. That's the thing. Yeah, it's you, all you, pretty much on it. Yeah, you pretty like you <laughs> say he wants to be a woman. You want hider in whatever. Whatever. Fuck. I've said. You just, I said never worse gonna, things earlier. The only person I know that I've ever seen pretty much slow Nick down 
or just stop him down KDP. when he's KDP. I knew you were going to say. Oh, uh, whoa, whoa! She's the she's the greatest. She's the funniest. I need to know this story. I mean, oh, it's happened multiple times. Happened multiple, you know, you know when Nick starts pushing the limit, you yeah. just like it, he'll do something just to win a weird off. You know what I mean? Some sort of the conversation takes a, a turn, which is known to happen pretty quick with Nick, and it gets weird <laughs> real quick, and then it just gets weirder. He's the KDP is the only person I've ever seen put a stop to Nick. No, but I, I think that's what I enjoy is the awkwardness of it. Like the fact that it's even possible to create the situation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But K- she, K- step, K- she steps up. She's like, I'm game. Me. Oh, yeah. I'm game. She breaks me. Yeah. I can't hang. Uh, she's She'll, It's hilarious. Yeah. I, I can't say half the stuff I've heard her say to, uh, to make you cringe. Cause it's just not appropriate. Yeah. She's the best. No, uh, Ken Stone beat me in a game of gay chicken when we were in Dallas. That's where I thought you were going with. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's all part of but it. But I mean, that, I would usually win that game. But when a grown man with a beard tries to suck on your finger with no warning, <laughs> there are lines, there are limits. And that was, I just wasn't in the headspace for that. I just couldn't do it. So we can put our mouths against each, each other. Yeah, uh, because. What? Yeah, we kissed <laughs> on the mouth. We, I th- you know, Tex, yeah. I think you're probably one of, my, the, one of my only male I get, friends. You get like two more kissed. lines like that, and I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All I got to do is tell a joke. You're going to start running in circles in here. I think several of our guests have been kissed by either Nick, myself, or both of us. So, I, you know, only had a couple ladies, just saying. Okay. We wanted you here for a reason. <laughs> hey, did you lock the door, Nick? It's the kiss intervention. Yeah. I'll Thunderdome this. <laughs> like, come on, let's go. I've seen not kissing boys affect your life negatively in the following ways. What? Yeah, you, you've never you never watched Intervention? You ever see that show? No. Oh well. Lot y'all of boys, own TV? A lot of boys got kissed. Do y'all have TV? Do you have you watch TV? Not like TV, TV. Yeah, yeah. I'll watch like Hulu, Netflix stuff. Okay. Um, we have an antenna on our roof that we like. Do people get amazed? Like, oh, what cable channel is your show? I'm like, dude, this is just ABC on an antenna. You know, they broadcast the shit for free. Yeah, I was just wondering. <laughs> like, I just, I, I haven't watched TV and I don't even know how long. Dude, I'm watching Weeds right now. I'm just, that's a show I, we, we binge watch shows. Oh, that's a show. Have, yeah. Dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's why they call it a podcast. Am I right? <laughs> so, um, hey, God, you know who Mattress Mac is? Yes. Fucking hero. He's only on TV though, right? Like what? Mattress Mac, doesn't he do TV commercials? Yes. Because I, I didn't know who he was. I heard people talk about him, that he had done a lot for the hurricane. Yes. And someone sent me a video of him uh, talking. And I that's the first time I'd seen the guy because I just... Because like you don't watch TV clean I've never, mattress? I've never had TV in Texas. Now, he owns some furniture stores, right? Gallery Furniture? Yeah. You know the big furniture store north on 45, north of downtown? Gallery Furniture, huge joint. Sure, yeah. He uh, he's always trying to support the town. He does all sorts of crazy ass giveaways. If the if the Texans win this Super Bowl, or if this person, he'll have the final two people on the Super Bowl. If this is person like, wins is he like by this wild much, and wacky. I'll give like it, that kind of thing. Not completely. No? He, he's very legit feeling. Cool. But dude, he he makes stupid bets with his. Like, if you buy more than three thousand dollars of furniture with us, and this team wins the Super Bowl, you get all your money back. And dude has has given back millions of dollars because people him, are there. That's awesome. But he he's done a lot to raise money for uh, the hurricane support for mm-hmm. different things, and I can't remember all the stories. But the dude does a lot for the community. He doesn't take the money and just pocket it. Don't look like he's doing bad for himself though. Good for him. Oh yeah. Let's say y'all I, remember those like Betty Back Blackwell 
commercials Who? at night and stuff. No. We're talking about like local TV. Somebody out there knows. They know. Is this Texas TV? Yeah. See, I Oh, damn right. Yeah. Like, I never had. That's true. Never that's watched true. TV yeah, in yeah, Texas. Yeah, that's I could, true. I could tell you but about. You're, you're from here, right, DJ? No, sir. Oh. Why do you think I'm from here? Man, I'm just talking to myself. Well, I'm talking to somebody out there because they know what I'm talking about. I don't know if like, you notice, Texas. Do you, know? you talk a little different than the rest <laughs> of us. Do you <laughs> Do you know Betty Blackwell? <laughs> you, you don't remember those? Y'all, y'all never seen it. <laughs> no, it's like in the middle of the night, these terrible commercials in Texas and it was this lawyer named Betty Blackwell that represented like criminal defendants I think and the commercials were just terrible and it was just in the middle of the night it'd come on and be like some old lady saying how her grandson's in jail or something like that and the le- other lady on the line would be like well do you know Betty Blackwell <laughs> and it was just this weird uh, lawyer like old li- lawyer lady okay. I can imagine the, the He's like Utah that's where I thought like- y'all were going with the mat- Mattress Mac like this was going to be a wacky local TV thing but we, you know, we had some good ones. Texas Hammer, the attorney. Yeah, see, Justin Grubbs knows what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, Justin. I know yeah. the Texas Hammer. Yeah. Uh, we were just in Florida for for a vacation, and Hurricane Irma was passing through. You know, we we mm-hmm. got through Harvey, so fuck it, let's go to Irma. That was you our ever plan. met an Irma you like? By the way, <laughs> by the way, like, how surprising no, was that? No. You know, like oh shit, this, this one's named Irma. So you got the hurricane on the TV. The TV was on. Just we're like, how bad of the storm are we going to get? And we didn't get much. We got like 40, 50 mile an hour winds and an inch of rain. Uh, but they have the hammer. Every fucking city I've lived in, there is a the hammer. Mm. Y'all just at least claim the state. Yeah. Well, Don't he's the Texas. Texas hammer. Don't mess with Texas. Yeah, that's right. It's not nice to pick on he, retards. He wore the baggy pants and did the dance, right? We're talking about the same guy? <laughs> <laughs> Can't that's just ha- just shut up, His hammer time? <laughs> shut up. <laughs> that's not funny. Another favorite thing of mine to do is just offend Tex with ridiculous jokes. Dad, like dad jokes Like style. shitty dad jokes <sighs> and puns. Yep. Man, really great. You know, one of the things I liked is whenever you're sitting over this chair, you're a dick to me. Sometimes you just aim the camera at yourself and it's never on you. Now the camera's just staring at me. And hi, guys. It's good to it see you. It feels everybody. great, right? Hey, dude, you see my new hat? That's Check out my new hat. Beautiful hat. Yeah, dude. I got it. I uh, like those pinstripes. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. Check it out. I got a uh, new hat, man. Got a little Gravity Lab radio hat. It's right now just like a one that I did uh, on vacation, had it made up, had it done. Uh, thinking about making more. Had a few friends ask, sorry, had a few friends ask if we would make more. And uh, if people were interested, you got to let us know. But uh, how does it feel to be fucking cock blocked on the, on the camera? Now you're just all shut down like it's nothing. Oh, I don't mind it. I feel pretty good. And then you'd like to do this number. Go ahead. Talk. I dare you. I. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Your show. Whatever. Uh, oh, we're back on. You're back on. You oh, can have it. Hey. Hey. Uh, I don't remember what we were talking about, to be honest. Mattress Mac. Yeah, I don't know much about Mattress Mac or about... Uh, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? I have no idea where that's pointed. That's at you guys right now. Oh, good. Yeah, All you're right, doing good, really awesome. good. Uh, it was only supposed to last for a second, but uh, oh, way wow. behind the curve. Oh, dude, I told you I'm not going to be successful at anything <laughs> in life, man. This is, this no, is not what I'm good at. I, I don't know enough about Mattress Mac to really have a conversation about it. What were you, what were you saying before Mattress Mac? Though? I don't know. I was going to ask, is it weird that I want to call you Jesse? <laughs> do you still recognize that name as your own? Man, I love that name. I, I do. Think I about which name. way you're pointing uh, the mic, Jesse. Oh, yeah. I always yeah, think of I Uncle Jesse. Name. I got no I, no issues with my name. People people will sometimes call me Jesse that have only known me through skydiving as Tex for a while, as if that's like 
poking at me or something like that. But I, man, I love my name. It's my you know, dad's name I, too. I only started calling you Jesse when I heard your real friend call you Jesse. Yeah. Thought, yeah, yeah. There's well, no way I'm ever gonna catch her calling me Tex. No, she's never called. No. 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 Do you think she uh, finds it odd that she has an adult boyfriend who still uh, goes by a little nickname? Uh, not, I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Tex. There's a whole lot of nicknames out there. But, I mean, I introduce myself as Jesse most of the time. Unless it's, like, real around skydiving, I guess, which is where most people know me as Tex. Right, but you, that's kind of... Uh, you almost have a little brand going for yourself in skydiving, I'd say. <laughs> you think? I mean, yeah. I, I think you're known as <laughs> yeah. that, you know? I mean... Dude, you look like Yosemite Sam. You wear Texas flags for a fucking swoop shorts, and you sound like you're inbred. I'm just saying. God damn, <laughs> man. That last one was a little harsh. But I was kidding yeah. about the last one. I'm just saying. Inbred. All right, we want to go there, huh, DJ? I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. I'm joking. You sound like you're from Texas, though. Yeah. I can't say much else because when I game online, my friends all go, oh, yeah, you're from Texas. No shit. So. Well, all right. I'm sorry. I mean. I'm sorry. Jesse. We're sitting in Texas, I'm so offended I'm, I'm for confused. You. As to uh, why that's even notable. I think he's going to be waiting for you in the parking lot. Mm. It's called the driveway. Yeah, that's what I said. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So what's new in your life, man? What have you been doing lately? Uh, Training for the world championships next month. What been my main focus right now. What what, uh, discipline are you guys competing in? Yeah, we are in the World Indoor Skydiving Championships in Montreal next month as one of the two... um, USA teams going to represent. Who's the other team? Um, from Virginia Beach, Colin, Rob, and Cameron. So they'll be the uh, the other team getting coached by Ray Kubiak up there. So Ooh, they're gonna, yeah, they're gonna that's, be. That's, they got some cool tricks and stuff like yeah, that. Their tool. their routine back in April was pretty cool. But you know, really, I think we're in a competition with ourselves to to go and just represent well. It's our it'll only be our third competition as a team. And uh, we've been together for less than a year. Who's, so. who's your teammate for those? John Wiggins, Mr. A, Wiggins, a new new jumper, just got his A license. And how, how he hasn't been an instructor for all that long either. Has no, he? he's uh, going on two and a half years, I think. Yeah, he's a he's a stupid quick learner. Maybe even less than two years. I'm not sure. Did he start at the Woodlands? Yes. Yeah. God, so how long has the Woodlands been open? Mm. Has that been two, two years? Two years? Yeah, it's been two years. Well, I guess that speaks to how much those boys get to fly up there. That, and he's just a stupid quick learner. He, um, I, I, I think flying is somehow intuitive for him, and he studies it. Like, to his credit, he, uh, he's very much like me, and it studies it, watches a lot of video, watches as much video of other flyers as he can possibly get his hands on. And, man, these new tunnel guys these days – they're learning the right way, like right off the bat, which wasn't quite the case when I started. Even though I've only got maybe a year and a half on them, uh, the flying style is changing yeah, he, so quickly. He's got a much more updated set of fundamentals, right? A hundred percent. I think that a lot of the people that started when you started did a lot of work to figure out what efficient lo- flying looks like. Yeah, right? and, and most of it around here was getting imported and adopted from Europeans that we had flown with or had even just seen fly. And um, it's the style has been changing so quickly that we're watching the sport evolve, you know, right before our eyes, just within the last three to four years that I've been involved in it. Um, it's, it's pretty crazy to watch what was the cool style four years ago, much less the fashion and the suits and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And compared to the flying style now, 
um, four years later. I mean, it's just completely different. People that I looked up to four years ago are flying completely different. You know, I've watched their own flying evolve, and I thought they were the, you know, they mastered body flight yeah, they four were years ago. Already, yeah. yeah, yeah, and watching them try and keep up with the the changing sports been pretty cool. So, as far as the psychology of uh, of learning to fly well, like uh, you do a lot of coaching, right? So, are, are there any common tricks or uh, things that you notice work well for every person when it comes to learning to fly? Whew. Just, that, just some overall advice for someone that you don't know at all. If they want to learn to fly better, what, I mean, do you use a lot of visualization? Yeah, add a little concrete to your coffee in the morning. Um, <laughs> nah, I, man, that's a that's a big question. And I and I coach people differently, you know, like depending on their personality and depending on their goals. You know, are they are they skydivers too? Um, one thing that's a pet peeve of mine is watching you know, non-skydivers teach skydiving students in the tunnel um, certain things oh, that I don't... so you're I talking about yeah. instructors who don't jump trying to teach skydiving fundamentals. Is what is it what you're saying? Yeah, it doesn't always translate because their, their skill set is pretty different than what a, a skydiver may be wanting. Um, so it really just depends on the student. But, you know, some fundamentals are exactly like the sky where it's, you know, take your time and get good at your belly. And if you want to free fly either in the sky or, or in the tunnel, you know, take the time on your belly and your back and really develop those fundamentals before you move on. Don't be in a rush to sit fly and fly head down and things like but that. But that's what all the cool guys do on YouTube, so I don't know why you'd say that. <laughs> it's true, but none of the cool guys fly with ninja hands and, you know, are super stiff and don't fly upright and, and not in a big boxy sit. And these are, these are things that if you spend the time on the fundamentals, you'll be learning them the right way as you progress and not constantly having to go back and take a bunch of steps back and try and figure out what your fundamentals should look like, what your foundation should be, and um, seek out coaching. It's, you know, make it worth your while. If you're going to spend that much money on the tunnel, get coaching and, and try and do it the right way. T. Leo said iFlyWorld.com. That's right. <laughs> Available Monday, Tuesday, no, 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 no. What's your, what's your favorite sort of coaching to do? Oh, man. That's tough because, yeah, again, people have different goals. I love flying VFS. It was super fun. God, I really do yeah. miss that. Yeah, me too. Honestly, super With those camps we would do too, so was much fun. fun. My, I, that was the tunnel time I enjoyed the most, uh, working with you guys straight up, dude. Uh, if you guys do that shit again, I will fly with you guys again. Um, it, dude, I, you kind of joke a plug for you coaching. I teach people how to teach skydiving. It's a similar world, simple, some similar arena, and not everybody works for everybody. But when you and I flew together and you were communicating with me, I just like the way you deliver, man. So I, I have a huge endorsement for fucking people getting coaching from Tex. Uh, dude, my hat's 100% behind you. And people, when they ask me who I go to in the tunnel, you are one of the first I recommend. So Thanks, brother, man. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. No, it's impressive Killer. watching you fly, but listening to the way you communicate me in the tunnel, dude. Just my hat's off to you. Is, it, is it anyone on. else? Uh, is my mic down a little bit? I'm having a hard time hearing me. Yeah, earlier you were popping a little Sorry, bit louder. I was, I was no. probably shouting. Sorry. You were excited earlier. Um, I was getting a little hyphy. And then I, I'm, I'm <laughs> learning to monitor shit, and I still haven't even made my drink yet. I'm afraid I'm going to fuck up if I start drinking. No, man, get into it's gonna it. It's going to make it better. Yeah, it, it's bothering me that you're not, actually. Yeah, what are you, a cop? Yeah. Even I'm drinking the goddamn Clamato juice <laughs> Jesus over here. Christ. No, I, I got some uh, apple ale in the fridge. I'm going to go grab one of those. Is that a little more suitable? What? It's good. I'll let you try it. It's good. You're going to like it. No, I'm fine. Thank you. It's a Bud Light. 
Man, I no haven't one. had a carb since 2003, <laughs> so I'm going to avoid that. Do you lather your abs up with, uh, what does he say? Kegels? <laughs> <laughs> so how, how do you think, uh, you're a pretty athletic person compared to most tunnel instructors, right? Most people. Most people, yeah. I would, say, I would agree with that. Like when I think of people that I know that I would feel super comfortable in a fitness challenge of any sort against, most people that I know, I would beat them in most things. And uh, you're certainly someone who would probably beat me in most things, or uh, we'd g- you'd give each other a pretty good run for one yeah, I definitely wouldn't do, want to do anything body weight challenge with you, like handstands and gymnastic type stuff, stretching. Yeah, you'd kick my ass. But how do you – I thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, but how do you think no, that I was that, just warning you. <laughs> you're, warning, you're warning me that I would kick your ass? That doesn't sound right. Don't sleep on me. <laughs> on top of you? No, come on. <laughs> Don't sleep with me. I wasn't planning on it. <sighs> Thanks for the invitation, though. Damn it. Uh, no, but do you think that that's helped you as a tunnel flyer or as a skydiver? There's no doubt. There's no doubt. I'm, I'm almost four years into working in the industry and that includes taking first timers and my coaching and my own personal training. I spend a lot of time in the wind and most of the guys that have made it as far as I have four years, which do- doesn't seem like much. Ow, my have, shoulders. Have, exactly. I mean, they've got shoulders and they've backs, all right? got issues. Yeah. They've all got mm-hmm. issues. And I've definitely had some, some knocks and stuff like that that have bothered me, but you know, I'm in it for the long term. It's a, uh, I really look at tunnel flying these days as almost like a game of attrition when it comes to the competitive aspect of like getting better than your peers. You just got to stick at it for longer and, and stay disciplined. And part of that is taking care of yourself and staying healthy. And uh, it really shocks me when I look at a lot of my peers and they just don't take care of their bodies, you know, which is pretty crazy because they're, they're athletes and, even when they're working, they're athletes. I mean, they're hauling people that are twice their size around regularly in this windy environment and keeping people safe and being charged with having to take a hit now and then. And just the deteriorating damage the wind does on your arms and, and stuff like that when you're in there for long enough that if you're not taking care of yourself, then you're not really serious about being in it for the long term. And if you're not in it for the long term, then you're probably not being very serious about being a, an elite level flyer or coach or whatever other reasons you may be trying to trick yourself into to thinking that you're in it for besides it just being a pretty fun job. So if you are really focused on being good at it, you got to take care of your body. It's probably the first thing you got to do as well, a tunnel you, instructor. You joked about the carbs, but what, what does your diet really look like? What do you? Well, lately I've been trying to, we, we've talked about this. Um, I've been trying to eat more fat and uh but doesn't fat make you fat jesse uh i'm not a scientist here Uh, (laughs) so so far it's worked out but i I have been trying to eat a lot more fats uh more nuts and uh good fats like avocados and stuff like that through the day and protein and just steer away from carbs as much as possible and uh see if i can get some of that energy throughout my day from a more like sustained source like fats than uh, carbs and it's been going pretty good. It's definitely not keto, um, but I can't quite fully buy into that just yeah, yet. I, I think I in mean, terms of my own practice, any I think any diet with a name is going to be fanatical to some level for mm-hmm. sure. And 
is also probably unreasonable for like a lifetime, uh, you know, to adopt it for your entire life. Like I, I've spent uh, probably six months out of the last year in nutritional ketosis or, or pretty close to it. And that's impressive. Well, I think my body, my body likes it. And I and I like your body. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> See, Justin, you don't me? know what this sounds like in these headphones. It's so much better. It's so sexual. Hey, yeah, Justin, have you on. been on this? You been on the podcast? No. <laughs> Justin grabs in the house. Yeah. Future goals. Let's fix this. Say future goals, man. Justin's Ooh. actually visiting in from a. Uh, go ahead, Nick. See, isn't it? It's like I'm in your brain, right? So uh, tonight kind of brings me to a real quick decision. I mentioned, I think, last week, I'm going to get a fourth headset for guests because we still have one more headset plug in the mixer. Yeah. I just, we've had enough friends sit in here. But uh, Justin is here doing an AFF course. He lives a little bit further away than we do from the DZ, so he's hanging out with Val and I for the week. Just offered him to come chill in here. And uh, actually, Justin, if you ever are interested and want to come on and, and talk and chill, Definitely would be also cool to share your experiences in, in mentoring. You help run the mentor program here at Spaceland. So speak up. Let me know. Uh, How, how's that course going? Blink twice if DJ's a dick. I'll blink like <laughs> twice. <laughs> <laughs> You've been jumping on Fudala all week, dude. Yeah. Who's the dick? Me or Fudala? Fudala. <laughs> and now go ask uh, Zach Boyd who a dick is. Because I've been Zach Boyd's examiner, evaluator all week. I feel like that'd be a weird question to just walk up to him and ask. Who's the dick? <laughs> hey, hey, who's the dick? How how weird would you feel if he just shouted your name out right after <laughs> <that>? DJ! <laughs> Dude, after, man, AFF is FITP. There's a similar mm-hmm. thing that I've heard a lot of instructors who've done both say there are similarities. They're not the same thing. But it is. Are you turning mm, that camera around so we can see your face? Man, you know what? Because this you is, get on yeah. me when I don't do that. I know, dude, and I appreciate it. I do. So I joke, your only job is to push three buttons. Actually, you say it that way. And, dude, your job is, well, I'm like, I'm an overload here. Um, uh, I forgot. Back to you. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to ask <laughs> well, you. That was like, something. Do you, do you ever get. Man, we're going to go back to that story. because. <laughs> yeah, do you have time to tell I it again? Hanging Which story on was that? Edge of my seat. <laughs> <laughs> do you get nervous in these courses? Like, during the course, what, what's your emotional levels like? <laughs> um. I don't really get too horribly nervous unless they suck. This is why I ask, because you are far too good at playing the annoying no student. No shit. So huh? I can see that. Yep. And what? Playing, huh? playing dumb, <laughs> playing dumb, and playing the loud, obnoxious what? student. Look at that face. Too good. <laughs> too good at it. Dude, I had a guy named Jason Romero take an AFA or tandem course with me, and in a tandem course, I play dumb student. You've seen it, and if y'all haven't seen it before, it's just. Yeah. DJ Slackjaw, your <laughs> and, uh, AFFI. He tells me, he's like, there's no way people are really like this in the world. I'm like, dude, you will meet a student one day who will look you blank dead in the eye. We called him Dead Cow Eyes once upon a time. Remember him? There oh, was a, who was Dead Cow Eyes? I, I don't know nickname. his name. His name is Dead Cow Eyes. Motherfucker. Ha- dead Cow Eyes. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's a good metal name. <laughs> Yeah, that's that was a band I was in in high school as Call well. Call the herd. Call the herd. <laughs> that's a good metal. <laughs> so the the course, I only get nervous if they suck because if they if they're not good enough, they're never gonna get to me. If all the herd, if they uh, if they uh, are doing good, they're gonna make it good. But if they really really suck, I'm the target, and that does scare me. Uh, most of the time, it's not too much. When they get to evaluations, I get nervous for them. 
Um, I think you do the same thing when you're really getting to coach somebody. When, when you're teaching the average student, eh, you're not always invested. When you're coaching somebody, you get super invested. And when they test out, they're testing what your training was about. Oh, absolutely. I just had that probably the most profound of those experience recently where I competed um, three weeks ago or so in Phoenix with um, a student, Lane Rogers, yeah. who's been flying with me for one year, and oh, we just yeah. participated. We flew dynamic two-way in the advanced Dude, class. I, I was super impressed to hear Man. that he was competing already. Un- awesome. Unreal. I mean, talk about being invested in somebody and, and then being invested in you as a coach. I mean, it was uh, seeing them nervous and staying in the antechamber watching them about to do their first tunnel competition and knowing that you were teaching them how to belly fly, you know, 12 months before is unreal. It was unreal. It was extremely gratifying. It was badass, but it was also like seeing his nerves was just so funny because it's like, man, if you have, it's hard to see your own progression, but man, it's easy looking from the outside in when you're looking at somebody that's been flying for 12 months and is about to go rocket in their first dynamic competition. Unreal. How did he do? Did great. We got third place. We were very, very, very close to getting second. We're probably even, we would have been blown away by getting third place initially. But um, yeah, we were so close to second that I think we were, you know, wishing we had done a little bit better. But what uh, what was your team name? (laughs) The Lone Ragers. So Lane Lane Rogers. Oh, okay. So we just moved around the A and the O the entire time, and then they screwed that up the entire competition. Their commentary called us the Lone Rangers. I was like, it's our, it's his name, switched around <laughs> with a Texas theme. <laughs> All right, I'll show myself out, commentators. <laughs> hey, I, uh, I thought it was clever, so I, heard, I, heard, I liked it. Yeah, I heard you. a rumor that you might be interested in uh, doing a freestyle skydiving team. Is that true? Yeah, Ooh. I've been stretching a lot. Uh, I've got my, my toes are getting pretty pointed. I feel oh, like that's nice. Yeah. yeah I can I mean, tell you've been working on yeah, that. Yeah, You see that? That's really good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yoga every damn day. Hashtag, um, <laughs> hashtag, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I would, I think I, I, it'd just be fun. And I think most of that just stems from the fact that the funnest jumps I've really ever had are those two ways with you, man. Like, that's what's up. Yeah. There's no plan two ways. And it's, then we do come up with a plan every once in a while and, and smash that Hell, motherfucker. five to ten minutes of just talking about, hey, let's try this, let's try this. And Nick gets a shot every single time. And Not I, every time. Yeah, every There's time. There's a reason I bring more than one camera. And I, you know, I get to just, I, I don't know, I just feel comfortable <laughs> trying weird stuff in the sky, like moves that I haven't tried with Nick. And they seem to come off pretty well usually. So you like trying weird yeah, stuff. Yeah. As soon as I said Nick. that, I was like, "It gets super weird." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially when the door is closed. Why are you rubbing Grubbs' leg, DJ? Because uh, I was trying to get higher, and he pushed me down. Just <laughs> man. <laughs> You asked, you got your answer. Mm-hmm. Did you expect any less from the guy who grabbed your nuts in the door the no, other day? No, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> trying to, yeah, that's right. Dude, you want to mess with Texas head? Right as he goes to set up with the rest of his group, who are already in the door, just cup mm-hmm. his nuts, and he. I think I was leading like a ten-way <laughs> angle or something out the plane. I think it was a six-way. It was. It was pretty bit. No, I think it was our eight-way group on uh, Saturday, and yeah, I'm how, giving that. How did his balls feel? Were they heavy? They were actually kind of soft. Um, they felt like, I mean, like just like, like a he moisturizes, of, maybe. Yeah, felt like boobs. Exfoliates. <laughs> yeah. 
they might have been swollen, like they were banged against a little bit or hey, something. I'm not sure. Did you listen to that stand up that I sent you? Hmm. Which one? About the uh, <laughs> He's gonna finger, finger in the butthole. Did you listen to that? No, I don't think I did. Hey, uh, DJ, will you look up uh, Chad Daniels' The List and just post that link in the comments because it's one of my favorite things to listen to. That came up because we were talking about Braden, right? I don't know who we were talking about. It came up talking free, about Braden's like the other day. wiping story. Yeah, maybe. Oh, so that's it's a perfect time to ask that question. You wipe from the uh, front to the back or back <laughs> to the front? <laughs> That's a question that gets asked on almost every podcast. I shit you not. It basically says about what am I about an animal? No, this is, this what is, am I an animal? I, I don't know. What do you Who wipe? wipes back to front? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, no, so let's let's disregard which way in you what wipe. world. <laughs> and let's talk about the approach. You built in the muscle memory to reach this way. I mean, I, this is basically the premise of Braden's story, so this is what looks, Yeah, but, but, but I'm not gonna tell we, his story. What we here. totally glossed over was at, like Braden and I had talked about like what bit he might do on the podcast, and that was one that we had talked about because mm-hmm. that was one of my favorite stories to hear him tell. And so Braden's in the middle of telling the story, and DJ's like, What's wrong with wiping back to front? <laughs> and we just totally just skipped right over that because Braden was in the middle of talking about it that we had to come back and be like, Motherfucker, you wipe from back to front? <laughs> you go through. What? Yeah. So it's not really a direction of wipe. I reach between my nuts. I mean, and I wipe between my legs. Having to move your nuts out of the way to get to the <laughs> shit, having that didn't lift. tip you off that <laughs> you made a wrong turn. I ain't got to lift my ass up. I'm sitting on a toilet. My butt spread, cheeks are already spread apart. My asshole's hanging open. So why not just reach back between that opening and take care of business? Man, there's a lot about anatomy I don't know because so, these are hang on. These are all I, I totally, very foreign I disag- concepts to I me. disagree with DJ's argument right here. Uh, Some of that's not that's necessarily a, logic. On, that's on. a brave position, Nick. It is. It's wow, a, it's, way to take a stand. No, hang on, though. DQ was on the podcast not very long ago, and he brought up a really good point that I hadn't considered. That if you, and, and I haven't done the experimentation to stand with him or against him, but if you're actually squatting like hole in the ground, like how the human being is designed to defecate, does going from back to front designed get any Designed to better? defecate is another good team name. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we just named the freestyle team, all right. <laughs> Perfect. But no, uh, if you're really squatting, does that yes. affect the No, I don't think, no. I, yes, I think I would does. still wipe it the same. No. I, don't I think that. that I would too. I've taken plenty of shits in the woods, and it didn't really change my my technique. You have hair like a woman. You could have no opinion on hair this. Hair like a woman. Actually, I'm jealous that you can grow hair. Say, yeah, I bet you I'm wouldn't sorry. say that to Waylon Jennings. Does anyone know who Waylon Jennings is? <laughs> yeah. He's the guy who wrote the Dukes of Hazard theme song. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> And I don't know if either one. Like, I don't know if that's true or if his. Re- no. Argue it. What's wrong with my hair? It's beautiful. Well, ar- argue my fact. Beautiful, huh? It, I'm jealous you can grow hair. It's rugged and manly. I, I, that's right. Yeah. If I could grow hair, I actually would. <laughs> Instead, I grow a beard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know where to take that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where we were. Oh, so you wipe from? Some of those oh, he muted you. <laughs> DJ you need some of those like really crappy morning radio station sound effects tonight. Like just laser sounds in the middle of nothing. It's just way more fun to sit back here and like just jab at shit. I'm enjoying tonight. You're doing a good job, Nick. <clears throat> oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. It's not nearly as awkward as I had hoped. I'll work on it. Mm-hmm. Um, what are what are all? Are they anybody saying anything on Facebook? I there? don't know, on man. The- I don't know this job over here. I'm doing a horrible job of being Nick. 
I just don't. I want to make sure that nobody's making any smart ass comments. Way to go, Mr. P. I think he means <laughs> you. Nice angle on the hat. Hi, Gwen. Um, oh, yeah. Did anyone say anything? Oh, yeah. Let me get back to that. Lost all concentration. What the hell? LMFAO. So. All right, good. Jimmy Wynn, I think, is uh, dealing with some personal issues right now. You got him a little excited. Just saying. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Nico, so good. Nico, still hit me up, dude. Oh, Nico. man, I miss Nico a bunch. He uh, started a podcast once upon a time. Mm. Recently hit me up and said he's going to start it again. Nico, get back at it. Have some fun. Do your fucking thing. Find somebody like Tex to come on and just make me piss my pants the entire night, and you're going to be good to go. So uh, Yeah, what were y'all thinking getting me on here? Uh, dude, I'm enjoying every bit of this, man. <laughs> I actually might listen to this one. Do you, do you know what I said to Tex uh, when I told him about why I wanted to have him on? No, I, what did you tell him? Why did you tell him you wanted well, to Well, uh, we were at Freebirds, and uh, I said, hey, I need a favor. Remind me when we get to dinner that I need to ask you for this favor. And so we're sitting down, we're eating. He's like, so what's this favor? I was like, oh, well, DJ said I have a homework assignment this week that I need to find someone to bring on the podcast. And I said, well, who is someone that I know that really likes talking about themselves? And I thought, you know, <laughs> Jay has already been on the podcast, oh, yeah. so I'm going to go with a different teammate. So it was Tex. And Ben's been on Hell at least yeah. four times. Who's Ben? Mr. or Mini P. Who? Mini P. I saw Ben this weekend. I'm sorry. Yeah. I still insane. <laughs> um, but yeah, seemed to be doing doing well. He's as unhappy, happily unhappy as ever. You're damn right. <laughs> oh, so what were you doing up in Dallas? Oh, I was just visiting my family and then swung through and But what were you doing at the Dallas drop zone? Sneaking a jump in. Skydiving at a Drop Were zone. you uh, joining the, the man van lifestyle? I yeah, I bought a van. Yeah. Like a minivan sliding like door a, or like a van like Nick? No, like a consensual <laughs> sex kind of van. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not call it a rape van. <laughs> but there's room for a struggle. That's <laughs> it's not a cutoff. There ain't a struggle, buddy. That's the best part about text. You know he's going to fight back. <laughs> no, his his van is much more like a team. Like, uh, yeah, it's a tactical van. Have you seen the movie Old School? Yeah, you know the blacked out van they drive around and kidnapping people. Yeah, yeah, it's that van. Mm. Perfect, man. Like every time Courtesy I see a, Ken. a picture of it, I hear Metallica start playing in my head. Do you get that from Ken? Dan and Rosie, yeah. They had that van. Never saw it. Yeah, I'm not sure how much they actually got to use it, but they got a good deal apparently on it. And yeah, when they left, they. I, I had my eye on it for a little bit, so uh, yeah, I'm pretty pretty happy to have that thing. It's uh, it's getting drove back, I think today or tomorrow, right now. Is it a camper van? No, it's a um, it's a big old Dodge 1500. Just so. is it empty shell or do you got like stuff? It's mostly it's got out. it's still got two seats in the back, and Ken did a good job already putting some plywood down and building some cabinets in there. He's got a beard. He's handy. He's a man. Uh, no doubt. Uh, he's a that's a that's a man right there. He is. Yeah, for sure. Ken's a good dude. Dude, I uh, I am so bummed. Ken, Ken. Hey, look, I'm going to remember to switch the camera. I'm doing better being you. Hey, you're killing it. Um, what? You want to see? Get a beer? Is it? Yeah, man. Uh, in the fridge, in the in the front room, there is a. Uh, oh no, dude! I you got you. Oh man! Right here. You want that clamato? Dude, do you, you want to try clamato? it? It's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. <laughs> Have you never tried a clamato? He is so running away like you tried to touch his pee pee. Oh hey DJ, I heard that uh, Gravity Lab Radio is hosting a film festival. Do you know anything about that? I was actually going to mention we uh, got our first uh, recipient for the film festival already. Oh, yeah? Who was it? Yeah, uh, Mr. Scott Latinus now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, I, I think he's already leaked his video he, all he over the internet. He posted that video on Facebook. Yeah. I think that's a hard one to... Uh, 
to have at the, at the I, I think we got to make a uh, clarification. So since we never said this before, I'm going to honor Mr. Latinus's submission. I got no problems with that. But I think uh, from now on, I will make it a clear. Maybe we'll put it on a post. That, like, hey, you can't have shared this before. This has to be a fresh release. And when we're done, I don't know if anybody knows this. We we're posting like the first uh, or the two winners. For the playoff oh, that week, Jesse's reading the description I wrote of him. Viral <laughs> internet. Oh like, yeah, we got to talk about that oh, shit yeah. too. Hang on, okay, that's what's um, next. And then after uh, after the competition's over, we're gonna post all the videos on Facebook. So everybody, we definitely don't want to not share the love. So the film festival, the oh, winner, the film festival, yeah. hell yeah! Dude, please tell me you're putting something. Absolutely, together. man. Fucking I got those videos a, on Vimeo. That yeah, I mean I. Yeah. Great idea, guys. I want to. I just want to get a quick rundown because people need reminding or haven't heard. The grand prize, or the, there's a winner at Dallas, a winner in Houston. The audience is voting. So what's going to win is whatever the fuck the audience wants that night. That's really the reality of it. The winner might be the dopest flying ever seen, might be the craziest editor, or might be just the funniest, coolest sketch sketch ever. Sketch, 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 scoot, scat. Um, skit, that's the word, skit. Um, but what is the winner at each place going to get is they're each going to get two jumps at that drop zone, they're each going to get a free Viso 2 Plus, 30% off a cookie or uh, a cookie G3 or fuel helmet. That's what they're getting at each uh, location. Those two winners go on to Facebook. We're going to uh, put them on Facebook for five days. The winner with the most interactions, like, love, ha-ha, I don't fucking care what you call it. The winner with the most is the one with the most interactions. They get four more jumps at the DZ of their choice of those two. They get a free GoPro 5, a free ProTrack 2, 20% off an infinity rig, not the base price, the entire rig, options, and everything. Uh, a free custom wind blade made by Option Studios. Fucking huge shout out to Adam Buckner. He actually made, I got to throw this up here for a second. He made these new jerseys. And Nick, woohoo! It's a sexy jersey. Dude, Nick actually uh, has got I, one as well and made I, a jump in it. I put that on and I honestly, I wore it for three days straight. I noticed. I did not shower. I did not take it out or take it off when I slept. Seriously? Yeah, and I jumped in it two of those three days. Wow. I bet your girlfriend loved that. <laughs> that is disgusting. Yeah, she doesn't get to have an opinion. She's tiny. Yeah. So for so yeah, okay. Uh they also I forget. Hey, what you know what? I'm not bigger than a lot of people, okay? I'm gonna hold that over her forever. <laughs> because you can actually hold anything over yeah, anybody's impressive. That's great. So that's what I they're know. getting in something else. But Man, it's a great idea. Baby catcher. <laughs> oh no hang on but no i'm super excited about the film festival if you guys haven't seen the promo video i put together oh yeah it's really good i like it a lot he did a good job it's one of my favorites yeah man and uh it is a little bit of the tex show because uh you put together some good skydives my friend was i in that <laughs> <laughs> so what was it like catching that baby on the internet 10 million times <laughs> how was it yeah okay so I, I, I know a little bit of the story. Yeah, well, it's not dead because of you. That's pretty great. So you had this video, right? You filmed the, or you got the footage from the security camera. Yeah, so, yeah, I was gearing up a class, and it was a small class, so it was just that family, and <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> it's got me just staring at the computer like, are you talking? Oh, you, <laughs> you left the camera on you. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your job is hard pushing three buttons, motherfucker. <laughs> all right. Okay, I'm going back. One to family <laughs> gearing up the class. All right. Sorry. No, and uh, yeah, the baby fell, <laughs> and um, I caught it, and I handed it back to the dad, and it seemed like a moment for sure. It seemed 
it seemed like something kind of crazy had just happened because I definitely had some adrenaline. And then I just looked at the camera and just geeked it for the camera. Thought it was pretty funny. Thought I was going to put it up. On your on, own, like personal yeah, Instagram my or something, own, right? Uh, Facebook. And yeah, no, I think, yeah, both maybe. And I put it up there just kind of to make y'all laugh. And it was a interesting moment in an otherwise, you know, kind of normal day for me. And yeah, I woke up the next morning with AJ from round three, uh, our buddy. So did he ask you for permission to start posting at places? No, I mean, it was just kind of, I don't even know if he was the one, he may have been the one that reposted it. It, but um, he just he told me in the morning he's like hey you're like at the top of reddit right now and i didn't know what that meant i was just like <laughs> yeah okay uh and uh you're you know he's, uh, he's saying you've got 10 million views or something like that on this this video and i'm trying to figure it out oh it's not on there dj it's somewhere on the internet <laughs> The interwebs. Yeah, just look up indoor skydiving. I was told I needed. Yeah, I was. I was had to take it down. So, um, yeah, it got pretty crazy pretty quick. And I, that first day, I was not sure uh, where to go with that. Like whether whether I was in trouble or what. I remember we had a conversation Mm -hmm. about it that you told me. Like I think it went from excitement that like oh my gosh my video blew up. I mean, it wasn't even ever that for me. It was just kind of funny. I mean, yeah, it's because funny. nothing, it's had, nothing, right? nothing had come of it at that point. Twelve hours in, um, but then, yeah, I started looking at my Facebook and having all these messages from people all over the world, reporters all over the world, from Good Morning America to Inside Edition to you know the E Network or whatever, you know, all the all these random places from all over the world, uh, newspapers in Italy, and oh, it was it was just crazy. It was crazy, and then that's when I was kind of like, "All right, this seems to be getting a little out of hand." And then uh, my manager at the time called me and uh, was telling me that there was all these news vans outside of work waiting for me, and he didn't know what was going on, so he's pissed. You, you, know? you still at this point don't know if you're in trouble or if you're no, a hero, because right? I mean he's pissed. He's he, what? What are all these news vans hanging out asking to talk to the hero? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so uh, it just got out of hand quickly. How worried were you that you were going to get fired? Pretty worried. Pretty worried. Pretty worried. And it, because the family was upset? Well, or... we didn't know. You know, it, it was all happening so quick. We didn't. We didn't know if they were upset or we didn't. You know, it was a, it was a moment inside the facility, and um, you know, I took a video of it, thinking it was entertaining and nothing more, harmless. And then you know, it's getting seen by all these people everywhere. And, you know, it turned out great because it everybody embraced the positivity of it, you know, that the baby was fine and it was a funny moment and we all just kind of embraced that. But it was definitely, you know, I'd never dealt with anything like that. Uh, not many people have, I guess. And it was it was pretty crazy. It was pretty crazy dealing with media and so people didn't, contacting didn't they me. Assign and, like, uh, yeah, I had a PR co- lady. PR coordinator, right, for you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's the day. Should should have given me a fashion consultant. <laughs> I've been on there wearing a like rattleskin boots, <laughs> so dressing m- like ZZ Top how, on camera. How many different sleeveless shirts did you uh, do an interview? No, with? man, I had to I had to stay in the uniform and and just keep it keep it normal. 
But at, at the end, you were kind of you were thanked, right? But from didn't Alan Metney? Yeah, yeah. Everybody. I, I mean, I think everybody saw the positivity in it, and everybody was cool about it um, from the company and elsewhere. It was just a crazy few hours, especially you know those first twelve hours felt like like days dealing with all these people contacting me and being told what I should say or what shouldn't I say or who I should talk to and who I can't talk to in terms of media. And I'm just like, man, this is trying to just go to work here. I, I was out at the drop zone doing some coaching that morning. I was just fucking around for the camera, y'all. Yeah, that's pretty much pretty much how it felt. But um, I've never seen him do that before. No, every no, single time. No I've ever camera, camera awareness. It's my cross to bear. <laughs> <laughs> you know what they say about great power. What? I wish we had John Barry to make that fucking sound. Dude, John Barry is our sound effect board. You when ever hear when that he boy? was here on his pod, you've seen, heard him do the cricket noise. So he just moved right now. Yeah, yeah, I've yes, heard him do I that. Can now. Yeah. No, but he would just start doing. Cricket. So you gotta take a part-time job just trolling on Facebook. Because man, he's good at that. He's good at riling people up on Facebook. Oh, dude, and he enjoys Woo! it. It's fun. Hey, to sit back and yeah, watch. you can tell he enjoys it. It'd just be like a slow day, and all of a sudden Barry's just like. Bam! With some like super controversial topic, <laughs> <laughs> and just like just watching him just get excited about the comments, you can tell that he loves it. Yeah, that dude's hilarious. Yeah, I can't tell how much if any of the things he shares are are genuine or if he's just trying to fuck somebody's day up. I mean, but he's doing a good job doing it sometimes because yeah. people get pissed. It's hilarious. I generally don't take John Barry on Facebook very seriously. Because he just enjoys pushing those buttons. A hundred percent. He does in person, yeah, too. Yeah. And, and and he's doing it, doing it over the internet. I'm like, how do you, how are y'all getting pissed off at John Barry here? This is John Barry being John Barry, like, on the internet. Just it's awesome. Time, it's hilarious. Dude. Yeah. What kind of asshole would push people's buttons? <laughs> Don't know. So I saw another bit of interesting uh, media, a, a video clip of you on the Arizona News. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. How, uh, that was exciting. Can you tell us about that? Exciting, huh? That's how you felt about it. I thought it was provocative. I thought it was cutting edge. <laughs> it's journalism. what the people want. Um, we got at what, there. At what point did you think, I'm, yeah, I'm just gonna be a shithead? Well, I mean, uh, it wasn't so much being a shithead as it was a dipshit. Maybe. Uh, no, we showed up maybe two two minutes before that interview started, and uh, we thought we were getting there early, but I guess they were fixing to go live, and they were freaking out, scrambling in us upstairs. And the lady introduced us, the reporter, asked us some real basic questions about our names, where we're from, and then she was just kind of asking us some some pretty pretty normal stuff. And Wiggins mentioned, like as a joke, that we had just been in men's fitness, <laughs> which is true. We we had been. We had been featured in men's fitness, like an I Fly spread had been featured, but there was a picture of us okay. flying in the tunnel in men's fitness magazine. I didn't know as that. like the workout of the future is what the okay. title of it was. It's, it, it was it was ridiculous, so we thought it was you know it was funny. He mentioned it kind of as a passing joke because it had been an inside joke throughout the trip that we were in men's fitness, and um, so she goes live and asks him this really softball question, and this some bitch throws me under the bus by making that little joke because when she turns to me, <laughs> she goes, "So I hear you guys were just in men's fitness or something like that." <laughs> And I don't know where to go with this at this point because I'm expecting some softball layup question about, you know, uh, so when did you start tunnel flying or something like that? You know, or like, do you really love this? And uh, 
And instead, I get this question about men's fitness, which has just been an inside joke for us. And then I proceeded which to... Which means you had plenty of material. Uh, ...describe ourselves as specimens of fitness. <laughs> and then pointed at my biceps and let her know that these are internationally known. <laughs> and you could just see by her reaction, she's like, mm, well, <laughs> back to you in the studio. <laughs> oh, my. So is this video on Facebook? Yeah, I'm sure it is, yeah. It's on your Facebook, isn't it? I think even the IBA reposted it. They, they, <laughs> I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was a bad moment. No, it, it was, was, just, it uh, was just... We were clearly having fun it, on it camera. It was just a text moment, I would, yeah. I would say that. I don't know how to look anything up on Facebook. I'm a dad. Not really a dad as far as age, but as far as technology, I'm starting to fall behind. I'm starting to get to that senility of, like, what's an iPhone? Text. I don't know how you look shit up. I feel so like quick you're doing computer. a better job than me. I don't, I don't know. I watch Nick do what I'm trying to do right now. I don't know how you keep up with all this shit. Have you seen my internet browser? I have 20 tabs open at all times. Yes. And I, I go several tabs deep regularly, but dude, no, man. You you need help. It's probably true. You, I spend you too much help. time on that computer. So, uh, Tex, what's your favorite song? Because I can only imagine it being uh, Country Boy Will Survive. Uh, Every time I hear that song, I imagine you cleaning your gun down by the river. Yeah. Has I mean, this ever happened? I definitely like that song, but I'm not going to pick a Bo Cephas song for my favorite <laughs> song. A Bo uh, Cephas. Well, yeah, you, that's his name. You, uh, you kind of got my imagination going when you, when you reference these metal band names that maybe I don't really know what hey you man, listen to. Hey, uh, man, I was... There, there was no bigger Pantera fan growing up to me. 100%. Yeah, North Texas. And... Um, yeah, I I loved metal growing up. That was probably my favorite. My favorite bands growing up were, you know, Pantera and Metallica and, you know, bands like that. And then, uh, yeah, I kind of got more into country as I got older, definitely. That's interesting. Yeah. That seems like something that uh, I imagined you were just always a country fella. No, I mean, I liked country. It, you know, my dad would listen to country, but he listened to real old country. Yeah, that was, are you like a is, Johnny Cash country? Yes, 100%. Okay. So I was like real into outlaw country my entire life, but <laughs> anything new just did not interest me whatsoever. I thought you were laughing at, at what Tex was saying about country music, and then I saw that thumbnail you were looking at. Yeah. Oh, man, flexing those guns. Is this? Is that, there a are people at home seeing that, or are no, they, is no, that just DJ? He's going to be able to post the link to it so people can watch yeah, is it. Yeah, is this is this a uh, the whole video, or do I need to find a different link? That's pretty much all you need to see right there. Roger. <laughs> but uh, honestly, I know I know that this was kind of a joke. Do you? But do you feel like with the amount of flying you do, do you feel like your physique, like the shape of your body, has changed? Um, I mean, if anything, it's not because of flying. It's because of working long hours for a few years now and not getting to work out and eat as much as I used to during the day. So I'm definitely a lot leaner. I'm as light as I have been since I was 17 years old right now. Um, and that's just part of just, just working long days. And I think every instructor and coach can relate to that. You know, I was there yesterday from nine to ten thirty or something like that at the tunnel. So, um, but it, it helps. I mean, it, it helps that I'm the, the weight I am right now for flying and our style and the discipline we're working in that it, there's definitely, when you get to the upper echelons of the tunnel flying sport, there's definitely mostly, there's some outliers, but there's mostly similar body types, which is, you know, long and lean. Tell me about this tight suit revolution that's happening. It's, 
it looks ridiculous, but it's pretty great to fly once you get to a certain level. I would not recommend it if you're starting off flying. There's there's not a whole big need for it, but you know if you got a you know skydiving suit is my point. Just take that in the tunnel and, and work with it for a bit before you make that investment. Well, but what's the point of this tight suit? There's just almost no drag. So there's still some power, but there's no drag, and it really is like flying your body. It's the closest thing you can feel like to just flying your body and not flying the suit, not flying the equipment. So it really requires a lot of precision to fly these suits. So if you've got one of these suits and it's it's new to you and you're not doing slow speed in it, then you're doing it wrong. You know, you're, you're not learning the right way. But these suits are uh they're pretty great they look ridiculous but i get it now that i've got one you know i i totally get it it's hard to take off you're you're a deem guy yeah yeah how, how does it compare to your tone fly suit like uh uh i you know i had a tone fly 630 race which is a little different it's just a different model the the, the race is a, was a very tight suit it was probably one of the tightest suits but it's still on the market thick, right yeah on the market fabric. at the time but even six months later with how quickly things are changing it's now almost considered like a baggier free fly suit. So I use that for a lot of my coaching and then use the deem for my personal flying is, is generally how I use it. Do you guys have a team suit? You no, we, we were kind of working on that. Because um, I've heard that that will break a whole team apart. <laughs> 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 Do you know about our team suit controversy, DJ? I Dude, I know I've heard this story more than once because I'm friends with Really, I'm friends with you, but between the rest of you guys, I hang out with all you motherfuckers except for one. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I've heard the story plenty. I just couldn't recall it because I just laugh at it every time. Yeah, it's it's a little fuzzy in my memory now, but I, we couldn't agree on colors. And then Jay said something real passive-aggressive, so I said something aggressive-aggressive, and <laughs> it just got out of hand because... We we're gonna be team rainbow because no one could have <laughs> agree on a color. That was pretty crazy looking back that we were gonna agree to everybody having a different color. Yeah, like everybody having a signature to, yeah. color on the team was our compromise, which is like the almost the farthest thing from having a compromise. But that that's the whole reason I got this this tone fly suit. Yeah. Is the the suit that I liked the most was the last like my out of left field orange and, and yeah, white suit. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, man. That's and uh, you, you got accused of making that suit for me because I wear an orange helmet. It's like, that, I mean, I like it, but I could go with whatever y'all are throwing out. I'm good with whatever. I made 12 other suits yeah. before that. <laughs> <laughs> Jumpsuits will destroy a team. Oh, yeah, it so it was so. I mean, our first suit was super easy. Like, it was like really basic design. Okay, let's do the contrast stitching. Let's do some navy blue right here. Cool. Everybody, everybody liked it. And then we were going to do the team again the following year. We we're going to try and do some new suits. And oh my God, the drama, the drama that ensued. And Guru was going to be our alternate. So oh, that- keep in mind that Guru needed a shorty suit or a, no, he needed swoop pants or something like that. <laughs> so he was going to be on our VFS team, but he wasn't going to wear a suit because he doesn't wear suits. <laughs> like... <laughs> We're not asking you to jump with a tie on, Guru, but <laughs> you kind of need to wear a suit for VFS flying. And he's just like, I'm sure they'll cut it into a shorty with baggy pants and all this shit. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Guru. That's real shit. Those were real that's, problems. That's what drove... I don't want to say that's what drove the team apart, but it didn't help. That was the sim- that, that was part of what was showing. That was the symptoms of what was going on. Yeah, it felt pretty silly. 
Yeah, it was a silly I, argument. I did a free flight team in the 90s, and we argued for one weekend over colors. We didn't argue. We discussed it. I want black and red. And if you ever known me in skydiving, black and red is probably what you picture. And he wanted purple and orange. I'm like, that weekend we talked about it. You know what? Next weekend we get back together. We hook up Friday nights. We go out and have a drink or so, hang out, go to the DZ Saturday morning, and we train. That night over drinks, dude, he tells me, I'll, I'll, I'll fight for this. This is what I really want, purple and orange. I'm like, you really want that bad? Yeah. I'm like, all right, fuck it. I don't fucking care that much. I just want to go fly. We settle with the colors. Years later, he quit skydiving. Told me his rig was for sale. I bought it. It was a fucking steal. So I bought it, flipped it for $400 profit, and I felt pretty decent about that. He knew I could sell it for more. The rig shows up. It's black and red. He had the fucking rig changed through his time. He, he decided when he was done jumping and we were a team no more, he's like, oh, I sent it back to the manufacturer to have it redone. And uh, yeah, I changed the colors. I didn't like purple and orange. Fucking fought for it and then changed back to the colors I wanted. That's weird because those are such classic colors. Purple and orange? <laughs> Dude, have you seen my purple and orange thought? suit that never shows? Like, I, I, I don't know if I, I could probably fit it now. But I have a purple and orange uh, jumpsuit with silver taffeta. It's got silver reflective striping on the side. But I had camera wings put on it because I would never jump it. And I use it for a camera suit for two years. You've never seen this, have you? Uh, only in the pictures when you were in the gay pride parade. <laughs> <laughs> it's referred to as my gay astronaut suit by some of my old buddies. <laughs> and dude, no shit. You could see us exit there. Be like, dude, we know when the fucking three of you exit an airplane. Neon orange and fucking purple. <laughs> you, you, you know what's funny? Started. That I can wear women's yoga pants in my real life and still make jokes about <laughs> you wearing them in a gay pride parade. <laughs> Thanks, Bob uh, Harper. Uh, hey, anytime. Yeah. You ever notice he looks like Bob Harper? You don't know who he is. Well, there you go. Yeah, it's a they, the, the, unanimous uh, approval. Dude, I'll tell this you what. Generic Price is Right guy, right? Some, Bob Harper. At some point, somebody's gonna walk up to you at the DZ and randomly say, "What's up, Bob Harper?" That's never gonna happen. Maybe some <laughs> shithead that's listening to this right now might do it because now they know it's gonna irritate me. That's one thing. Can I'm we make a bet that if you ever get that, you have to just like slug them in the face or something? <laughs> Hang on. As long as that person is not a skydiver, <clears throat> like if I'm at. The store, or I'm at some somewhere out in public, and someone I don't know or recognize says, "Hey, you look just like Bob Harper." I will punch that person in the mouth. Ooh, <laughs> all right. I'll go to jail for this bet. If they're not a skydiver, yeah. If it's someone that I know didn't hear about it from this podcast, oh no, no, or from you personally. Oh no, no, I agree. My my intention, my yeah, they're only gonna do it because they heard us say it here. Have you maybe because you don't bitch the same way? But have you had anyone? irritate you with some shit that they heard you say on the podcast not yet but they perplex the fuck out of me people walk oh, by up referring to, me. to a conversation that you don't remember having. three months old yeah. people walk up and like oh dude it was great when you and nick were talking about this and nick well, and i just see, had a conversation minutes ago and i'm like we didn't talk about that <laughs> that's what made me a little reluctant to come on because just because i've never done one of these and it was it was that you know my words being taken out of context or somebody no issues referring with it. some referring to something that I don't remember saying or maybe as a joke, you know, so I was oh, like, maybe happen. I'll just come on and just keep it uh, to topics that everybody can agree on, like Jesus Christ being our Lord and Savior, <laughs> you know, you know, things I, that things that universally everyone out there agrees with, you know, it's, the earth is flat. Yeah, just stuff that isn't going <laughs> to ruffle a lot of feathers that the world's 4,000 years old and Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior you, and uh, the you know earth is flat the, and dinosaurs were a trick. They are fake. You know who Christopher Hitchens is? Yeah. I've been listening to a shit ton of Christopher Hitchens the last few days. 
So I'm on a, I'm, I'm right on that page. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Who is Christopher Hitchens? He's a, a brilliant atheist who's been in a lot of uh, debates with uh, just super, uh, super right wing Christian folks. And I get, I mean, he, he just a world class shit stir debater. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's dead now. Yeah, but uh, he's just a someone who can think think quickly and uh, has really funny and witty comebacks for pretty much everything. But uh, he's a super interesting and entertaining person to listen to because he's he's smart and he's just a witty fucking shithead. Witty shithead. That's why I'm friends with Nick Lott. There you go. That reminds me of this word, dipshit. I love that word. Um, (laughs) Dipshit. But we were talking about, you know, my playing Aussie rules uh, when we started the podcast. And that reminds me of this funny story. I got uh, suspended when I was over there in my very first game in the seniors. So I was basically playing in the, the backup team that would play a game before the, the seniors would play for the first couple games of the, of the year. And I got called up into the seniors, which is a really big deal. So it was my debut game, and it was, it, we were playing this uh, undefeated team at the time. And it was a huge game, packed. It was so many people there. And it was this great moment. And within two minutes of me getting on the field, I get shoved out of bounds – and when the ball goes out of bounds, the ball bounces off my leg and the umpire calls it for the other team. And I just, you know, I'm hyped up and I just turn around and I, you fucking dipshit <laughs> at the umpire. And uh, you got to keep in mind, my voice really stands out on, a, on a, yeah. a, a footy field in Australia, right? In country Victoria. It really stands out. You know, it was always funny to when people would come over and they'd start pushing me and stuff like that and they'd be calling me all this stuff and then i'd start you know like you know i'd start talking to them like you know your shit's weak man come on you know and i'd start talking to them and they just stop you know it would like completely bring them down a level because they'd be so weirded out that the guy they're talking to has this this accent that they're not used to but anyways i called the umpire that yelled it ran down the field quarter ends and he comes up to me and he says hey you're being reported which is uh the way they get, you know, you basically get in trouble over there is uh, they report you to a tribunal. So you kind of go before this, like, court, this league court yeah. after the game. and For they calling someone a dipshit. And they, they determine your sentencing there. So, like, if you're going to be suspended, they this tribunal does it. So if you punch somebody off off the ball, they may, they may send you to a tribunal. So you may not get kicked out of the game right then and there, but you may have to answer for that after the game. And you may get in trouble and you may get suspended from further games. So anyways, I get reported for calling an umpire dipshit. And I have to go before the tribunal a few days later. And it was uh, it was pretty classic. It was a pretty hilarious moment because, I mean, I was I was nervous because I had just gotten called up in the seniors. I played a pretty good game. And then it was facing a suspension right after that. So I was going to lose my spot. And all the hard work I just did I was probably gonna get suspended for i thought maybe a week and they come back and it was like mandatory uh punishment for what they call abusing an umpire (laughs) it was something like six weeks or something crazy must have been a sensitive little fella yeah for sure yeah that's how i felt and i was like i can't believe i'm gonna miss almost a third of the season yeah because i called this umpire a dipshit and so I go before the tribunal, and finally this old man speaks up. They're asking me all these questions, like what led up to it. And I was like, you know, I was just a heat of the moment thing. It just kind of like I shouted it, not even so much at him. It's just kind of like frustration. And 
the guy at the end, the old Aussie guy goes, you, you're just going to have to explain to me because we don't use that word here. <laughs> what is a dipshit? <laughs> so I want to hear your definition. Yeah. And, that's- and so, of course, like, this is my moment to downplay it, you know? And I was just like, oh, it's like, uh, you know, we just, it's like calling somebody a nerd or a dork, you know, back where I'm from. So it really isn't even a real curse word where I'm from. It's not even a bad word. So I'm like, I really, uh, you know, I'm sorry that. He thought it was such a bad word, but it's really not. It's, you know, it's like calling somebody, you know, a dork or a nerd or something like that. And so I got off just on the basis that they didn't know what the word dipshit meant. (laughs) So they, I got to play the next week and I never got suspended for it because. (laughs) Because they were all dipshits. Because pretty much all four or five of these old men, they just, you know, you had to leave the room and they came back in for the judgment. They're like, just like. We we just don't know what that word means enough to justify suspending you for six weeks. So get out of here, dipshit. <laughs> uh, Nick, you did good on your homework assignment. Just saying. Yeah, I, I mean, I there aren't many people here. Like in my life, I've probably met two people that I can remember to go meet someone for a beer. No, three people to meet for a beer, and Jesse's one of them. And uh, he's someone who's always been easy to have a conversation with, you know, someone who's uh, absolutely a real friend, a genuine person, as much as he's a shithead sometimes. I prefer dip, dip shit. Dip shit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I beg your pardon. I can't believe you missed that. But uh, no, he's, uh, he's an entertaining fella for sure. Mm. Did y'all hear about... <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> yes. Well, I, I got my four-year anniversary coming up with iFly, and I just happened to repost a story yesterday about the hiring process for me. I think I've told you about this, about the drug tests I had to take Gosh, right I'm, when I started at iFly. I'm not sure. So I I became a tall instructor almost four years ago, and I went in to take the drug test. So you have to take a piss test right. um, before you get the job. They do that for everybody. For right? everybody, yeah. <laughs> they, they looked at me and were like, you're <laughs> taking a piss test. Um, <laughs> And uh, you, you have to go to a clinic, no big deal. So I did my interview, and then <laughs> I went down the street to the clinic and um, go in there, give them the paperwork, whatever. They take me to the back. They let you into a room. They give you a cup, you know, and they say, you know, fill it up. And then you got 10 or 15 minutes or whatever to fill it up and then come out. Cool, no problem. So I go in there. I immediately pee. And then I'm in there. So I figure, you know, I kind of got to take a crap. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I sit, you know, I make some brown bears, and then I close, <laughs> I close that thing up. I walk out, and well, right before I walk out, I go to after flushing, front to back, or after wiping <laughs> front to back, I go to flush, and the handle's locked. The handle's like it oh, won't because you can't flush because you're you not can't spl- flush yeah, because I didn't oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that they don't let you flush because, which makes sense, because you're taking a drug test. They don't want, you know, if they see stuff poured into the toilet, you know, they know that you're faking the test yeah, or whatever. This, this toilet's more there just as a cosmetic. Yeah, thing. it's there to catch what you miss in the cup. <laughs> and I just left and a no log one, in there. You weren't supposed to shit in the cup. You're not supposed to shit in there when you go in there. And uh, and I get out, and with shame on my face, I got to walk over to the the nurse and. <laughs> the Merce and uh, oh, and, it's a dude. At yeah, least? oh right. yeah. And he's just, he's just, I imagine you're telling some old, sexy big, little big nineteen guy. year old no, nurse. I hand him the cup and I go, "Hey man, you're gonna have to unlock that handle and flush it." 
And he, he looks at me, he's like, what? And I was just like, you're just going to have to flush it, man. And he walks in there and pokes his head in. And I kid you not, he comes out with tears in his eyes. He's laughing so hard. And he's like, hey, Bill. Hey, Bill. He's like, he did it. They, We finally got one. Apparently, they've been waiting years, these guys that just do drug tests all day, to have somebody take a shit in the toilet and just get stuck there. He's like, hey, come over here. I swear, come look. And they, the guy comes in there and looks at my turd. And they're both they're both in tears laughing. And I'm just standing there like, are we done here, man? Like, But do you, do you realize the irony of the situation? Like, how much joy that this one shit has brought to the world? Like, that you made those two dudes fucking weak for sure, and you have us all laughing, and everyone who listens to this is going to be in tears right now? That one dump had that much power? That's fucking amazing. I'll always remember it. He's like, hey, Bill. Hey, Bill. Like, Bill's busy. Bill's like, Bill's like doing a blood test for a diabetic down the hall, like somebody that actually needs his services, and instead he's running down the hall to check out this shit that some idiot left in a toilet that doesn't flush. Oh, God damn. Did they take a picture of it, you think? Oh, man, I don't know. I was just like, you guys... You guys good? Like, I mean, were you finding any humor in the situation? Oh, of course. But at the same time, I'm like, man, that was a like, that was a work of art that I left in there. Like, you guys need to let me out. Did like, you leave a monster at least? Oh yeah. I mean, it <laughs> yes. was it was something to stand by for uh, sure. <laughs> well, at least you passed the drug test. Oh man. Yeah. Got that job. Yeah. Almost four years. Damn. How do you like crazy. working for iFlight? I like it. Do you ever shit in their toilet? Uh, almost every day, but I've got a secret one. Yeah, I've got yeah, I've got one that I prefer. Oh, you like the upstairs one? <sighs> There's an upstairs <laughs> toilet. <laughs> uh, I mean, I meant downstairs beneath the That's right. uh, stairwell. That's right. There's no upstairs toilet. Don't go look for it. Well, upstairs is right above manifest or check in at the flight deck, right? Mm-mm. You say uh huh. Mm-mm. So, uh, yeah. No, that I, country boy can survive. <laughs> I, uh, do you not know this song? Dude, I do, but Aaron Lewis, where you stand on that? From the guy from Stained, who sings country. He he went straight <laughs> country, dude. I'm not kidding. You didn't know that? All I know about I can't even believe that I remember that guy's name. He, all yeah, I, I all I remember is that one song and like a video of him in black and white just doing that real 90s sounding nasally singing. I don't wow. I don't remember anything about Aaron Lewis. I kind of equated him to like Nickelback kind of stuff. Yeah, Stained, Disturbed, Nickelback. Those Gary are all Song like this <laughs> with his nose all stuffy. You, you know what I'm like, talking about. I, yeah, no, I get you. Yeah. But you might like him country a little bit better. I, I don't think he was... If some of his music and his country is talked about like, I, that's not who I was, that's not who I wanted to be, you made me change the way I was, you made me change who I am. This He's is a grown-ass man, don't make excuses. He, he is. <laughs> but I'll tell no, you I what. don't like this guy. I've decided I don't like him. I don't know anything you, about him. You give me a million dollars, <laughs> and I'll start talking real funny too. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I'd like to hear you talk like a, a fucking guy from Boston or New York. That's what I'd like to hear. Man, I'm not good at accents. Yeah, I would even think after so. living in Australia for so long. I I can't do an Aussie accent to save my life. Good no. eye. Hey, you can't. Hey. <laughs> I worked with like the rednecks too. The uh, bogans. Bogans. bogans, yeah. Bogans, yeah. Yeah, so like I worked at, man, they had some good accents. I loved it over there, man. 
They're so, they're so much like Texans. It's crazy. It, what it, the Bogans? Yeah, they're just so all of them, man. They're besides like the real city city ones, like in Melbourne and Sydney and stuff like that. It they're just everybody's so laid back over there, and they definitely have like a cultural identity and stuff. But it's just it's like an easy going identity, you know, like everybody's almost like the contest is almost to be like who can be more casual all the time like who can be more easy going you know what's the guy that's the super manly dude that does the the funny youtube videos chopper chopper yeah hey he's a he's a, you know that's a real based on a real guy though it's based on a real he like the most hilarious. famous criminal in australia and he was housed yeah, yeah right, he does the in, harden the fuck up yeah videos, he was right? housed yeah, yeah. in geelong for a long time which is the the town i was living in over there. So, yeah, I'm pretty familiar with Geelong. Geelong, yeah. G E E L O N G. Hmm. It's uh it's like 40 Geelong to go It's like back 45 there? minutes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm trying to go back next year. I want to visit uh our friend Blair. And oh, is he uh, near now there? Rosie and Ken are back and all my friends back there. So, yeah. I'd love to get back over there. Rosie and Ken showing me some funny cultural Australian stuff. Mm-hmm. There's uh like it's like an animated series you that nick makes You nick my lighter? Yeah, that's yeah. Siggy Bop Brain. Yeah. Yeah, that shit, dude. I fucking lost my mind over that. I actually know how to find that one on the internet, interweb, so. Nice. Yeah. But it's somewhere you'd go, it, it's cool enough to go back and visit, even oh, after hell yeah. There? Yeah. It's expensive, so, man, I had such a great setup when I got over there, thanks to some just legends of friends. That by the time I got over there, I had two jobs already lined up. I had a car. I had a place to stay. You know, I was paying rent and stuff, but I had the team, so I was at training all the time, and I was working, and I mean, I was over there, and instantly I felt like I was living over there. It was it was really bizarre, because I'd never lived away from home like that, you know, out of the country, and here I am, two or three weeks into living over there, and I'm just driving my morning commute into work and going to training at night, and it just felt so normal. It, uh, yeah, I really liked it over there. Like the people, um, yeah, I liked all of it. Well, what brought you to uh, Houston? I fly, Spaceland. Yeah, I fly was kind of the the uh, the medium for getting close to Spaceland. Do you feel like you would go to another tunnel if they offered you like a lead instructor position? At at this moment, it, it there'd have to be a lot of things aligned with that. Just you know, my personal life and stuff like that. Uh, I, I love the setup I got here. It's great. I've recently gone part-time at iFly, so I'm not taking first-time classes as much. I have a little bit more time for coaching. I have more time to be out the drop zone. I'm helping do some programs at the drop zone now, like free fly load organizing and things like that. Uh, it's giving me more time for camps, you know, whether it's here at Spaceland or, or else, elsewhere at other Spacelands or even other drop zones, potentially. I heard and you're organizing at the Halloween Boogie in Atlanta. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, so come on out. That'd be fun. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. I just, I really like it here, which is funny because I was so reluctant to move to Houston. And it, I can't say that Houston itself has really grown on me very much. Definitely getting stuck in traffic tonight. Did not help. Um, Thanks. Yeah, I was cussing it pretty out. bad. But it... <laughs> I just love Spaceland so much. I'm, I live close to work, and if I'm not at the tunnel, I'm at Spaceland. If I'm not at Spaceland, I'm probably at the tunnel. And if I'm ne- neither, then I'm hanging out with my girlfriend out in the country and doing the things that I like to do. And it's just, 
I just feel like I got a great balance and I'm really, uh, really grateful at the moment. So nice. as, as much as Houston weirds me out a little bit, cause it's so damn big. Um, I'm just having a great time. This the two years that I moved here have just been clearly the best decisions of my, you know, professional life I possibly could have made. I feel very lucky that after being here for just under three years now, I'm getting to do the stuff that I'm getting to do in terms of coaching and load organizing and all these things that were pipe dreams for me three years ago, you know, when I was thinking about moving here. It's it, you bring up something that I didn't realize. You're actually load load organizing free flying at Spaceland now. Yeah, so we're trying to set up a program similar to the successful mentor program that you you and Val have been a part of. Valerie, yeah. I, I my name's on it, but Valerie does all the work. Yeah, absolutely. So we're shamelessly gonna steal a lot of the concepts behind that, and we stole from somebody else. You got our, we'll help you. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's it's really it's one of the. It's one of the best parts about Spaceland uh, in terms of the value it gives young jumpers and uh -huh. setting people on the right path. And, you know, when people get better and it gets safer, there's a higher level of retention and the competency and safety goes up. And it's it's just a win win for the drop zone to have those kind of programs around. And we want to start doing that with free flying and bringing in, uh, you know, newer free flyers and people that can act as mentors um, and help bridge that gap. So there's there's always been that talk and complaint about, well, there's no bridge between learning how to free fly and being a ninja at free flying. And if you're really trying to get into free flying, you probably are going to get stuck somewhere in between for a long period of time, and it becomes the blind leading the blind, or you know you don't even know where to start sometimes and we're trying to provide some sort of you know mentorship for that guidance man guidance absolutely you know i mean the downside of this is people are going to be safer and better at skydiving i mean that's that's really it's it's so awesome to hear because i've been an advocate for mentor programs and good uh structured load organizing for many years and i think we've had some good things going on no doubt about it spaceland but free flying has been our, our missing niche you keep saying we you got a mouse in your pocket? Who's this other we? Well, I mean, the the Scott's been helping set the groundwork. Scott Latinus. Latinus. Yep. And he came to me, and he uh, he helped choose Phil Palmer and Cody Prentice as two of the first people to help out on the weekends. And they actually did their first weekend this past weekend. And I'm really happy to have those guys involved in the program. Phil's an AFFI, very competent free flyer, so that he's going to bring that safety knowledge base to his groups, which I like. You know, I like that uh, he's got that sort of background. And I like then, how willing he is to learn, too. I think that's the important thing. And I'll, I'm sorry I'll let you get back yeah, at yeah. it. But all three people you named, yourself, Cody, and, and Phil, you're open students. You all make mistakes. I fuck up every day. But I, I love the leaders you got, dude. Phil's ability to learn and say, yeah, I fucked up here. Mine, yours, all. That's it, cool. Sorry. Yeah, no, yeah. And Cody Prentice is just uh, his positivity. <laughs> I want to lick him from his pecs to his glutes. Man, he looks like Dave David Tremel. I want to motorboat his glutes. Disturbed. You know who I'm talking about? The lead I singer. I thought you oh. were against Nickelback. Man, <laughs> this guy. That's those, those guys actually covered uh, the Sounds of Silence. Mm, they Simon covered a lot. Garfunkel. Yeah, pretty. They did a pretty good job of it. I'm they, not into those sorts of bands. Yeah, yeah. But they they did. That's that's a good. Uh, that's one of my favorite, more classic songs. They did yeah, every job. time I see. Cody, I just, yeah, I think I disturbed. Hello, darkness, smile. Ooh, ah. <laughs> is that them? Yeah. I yeah. thought that was, uh, is that, is that them? Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. 
I thought that was a corn song or something else. Yeah, they're the same genre, I guess. Yes, but anyhow, yeah, uh, Cody's been learning super quick. He's getting better and better. But, it, you know, the, the intention of the program anyways isn't, uh, you know, like those guys setting up camps or myself setting up camps within this. This is about reaching out to those people that are learning and maybe don't have someone to jump with. They don't have their own click yet. Or maybe their crew, their little click of three or four guys needs some guidance, you know, needs some talk about, uh, you know, breakoffs like okay i see three guys learning how to sit fly together every weekend let's let's do a jump together what do you guys talk about what do you guys focus about you know when you're on the ground what are you talking about when you're dirt diving what are you focused on in the sky what do your breakoffs look like you know what is your breakoff altitude do you know why you're setting your breakoff altitude at that you know and providing some guidance to lay groundwork for not only safety but so that we're creating autonomous free flyers because my goal is to to have these young free flyers that a year or two years ago were just learning when we're out at the mock-up uh and we're hearing people talk we're hearing the same sort of lingo and terminology that we're all used to and we all understand and that we're creating these these jumpers that can be independent and make decisions for themselves safely and and go shred and make them good it's something i've been really wanting to see from our free fly community is we we've our drop zone and most drop zones do it. We go through phases where there's a dominant free fly scene, where it's a dominant belly scene and it's rarely a balanced scene. And we see that more and more as far as the amount of both flyers in Houston, there, there's a large number of all types of flyers, but teams and free flying, it's been super limited. You guys are actually one of the very few things we've had going on in the last while. And hearing what you guys are doing, I can't wait as Steve and I were talking about, can't wait to see the next free fly team come out of this DZ. It sounds like you're laying that groundwork down for people to get there. So I, I'm a free flyer at Spaceland. I'm at Houston. I'm having a good time with me and my homies. What does it cost to jump with these guys, with Phil Palmer, with you and Cody? Well, we're, we're making it much like the mentor program where uh, I'm going to start creating a calendar where we're going to have – we're going to start adding free fly load organizers to this program, but I want to keep it small. I want to start to develop a standardized kind of curriculum for the coaches themselves and, and the demographic of jumpers that we're focused on. And when all that starts to become a little bit more uniform, we're going to keep having these sort of weekends where, you know, so-and-so takes over a group for the day or several different jumpers, either one-on-one -on -one or in small groups. And uh, it's going to be free. Yeah. Fuck I mean, it's yeah, going to, how cool is that? Like, you know, if you've got less than, we haven't necessarily set parameters for it, but chances are it'll be something along the lines of, you know, you're new to free flying, you've got less than 100 or 200 free fly jumps or something like that. Come on out and uh, find that organizer and get on a jump or two with them throughout the day and pick their brains, you know, figure out what, what you need to be focused on. You're... <laughs> Have you guys set group size for, for that for those sorts of jumps? We haven't. That's going to be some of the discussions that we're having. So we're gonna we're gonna set a standardized kind of curriculum for all this. But I, I'm of the belief that learning to free fly needs to remain really small, and that's where it makes it a, a way bigger sacrifice. And why it's way cooler that Spaceland would be behind a program like this is because unlike the mentor program, you can take three or four jumpers sometimes with eighty or ninety jumps. And go do a five or six way on a mentor. Mentor jump. program is limited now, to belly four, jumps. by the way. Yeah, four jumps. Okay, so, so we four, have excuse me. three three students with us max, and usually we do one or two. Sweet, but uh, my point yeah, being sorry. is that you know even with chuck ways and things like that, yeah, you can have young jumpers on these 
pretty big groups. And if it's structured right and you put people in the right places and you have the right briefing and you choose the right jumpers, you can have these pretty decently sized groups. Yeah, they're doing a lot of... 10 to 20 is a lot in free-flying terms, is a lot. That's a a big group in free-flying terms. And so what we're looking for is I'm really going to be encouraging and maybe even setting some some standards and limits on the group size where we're going to focus on, you know, hey, you're learning how to sit fly. You're going to be doing one-on-ones, you know. You're not going to be learning that in a setting where it requires you to control fall rate when you're working on stability, you know. Maybe you can control or maybe you're stable, but you're having issues with fall rate. Maybe you're still going to work in a one-on-one session or maybe we'll add another person into there. And we'll keep these groups small. That's that's really what my intent is, to keep it uh, to keep the group small and focus on the progression of the jumper and and just kind of building their knowledge base and not putting them in a position or the coach where they need to be worried on a jump because the group's too big. Nice. That's exactly why I asked because you know organizing a group of people who are just learning to sit fly is pretty different than organizing a, you know, a group of people that are just learning to belly fly just because you, you know, you have that one person who they can't quite sit fly yet. Or you might even have, you know, if you're going on a, a four way, you and three students, you might have two people that are right at that level where they're, you know, they're playing with sit flying. They're starting to be able to get upright, But the moment that one of them corks, it's like, what are you really going to do with these other two people that don't know how, like, you can't hit the brakes and go back back up to this guy and leave these two in the in the dust, right? Have them belly out and try and come back up to you. That's not going to work. So uh, it sounds like you guys have thought it out a lot. It sounds like a smart plan. To, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the idea is, is bridging that gap between the newer free flyers and them making their own groups and jumping with their friends and things like that and just kind of giving people guidance because there's a lot of that in the belly programs at Spaceland with the mentor program and guys like Chuck that go out there and they organize these groups and, and Raul and these guys that, that really have a structured way of teaching, you know, belly flying and formation skydiving in small groups to bigger. We need to be doing that with free flying too. It's it's what most new jumpers seem to be gravitating towards. Are you going to have a list of prerequisite skills before you're allowing someone to uh, come on one of these free fly jumps? Like let's say they are able to do X, Y, and Z on their belly first. Are you, uh, have you given any thought to what that looks like? Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's, that's probably what we're going to do. It's hard to set all like certain limits in, in stone, you know, because it's hard to tell somebody with 90 jumps, you know, that may be a really good flyer because of tunnel time or something like that, that, well, you're not ready to start, you know, doing any sort of back flying or sit flying in the sky or something like that. So there will be some room, I guess, for personalized situations, but, um, yeah, we just want to, we want to focus on kind of giving people a base that makes them safe and gives them an idea of like what the right way to progress in free flying is and encouraging them to stay on their belly for longer. Right. Like stay on your belly because these formation skydiving skills are going to transfer over into all your free flying forever. And if you're not good on your belly and you don't understand approaches and levels and level slot dock and, and all these basics that may seem easy, but how good are you really at it? Are you really competent? Are you really prof- proficient at that stuff? Do you really make the right decision? in those in situations where it gets going fast and somebody flies across your radial as you're making your approach and like how do you react to all these things and if you're not reacting quickly and properly on your belly where things are going slower 
what makes you think that when you're approaching a base head down and leaving a, a formation uh, that you're going to be doing it the right way when now it's going twice as fast? I think that's a hard thing to communicate to people who, you know, let's say there's that 50 jump skydiver who's just really eager to, to start learning free flying. Who they, you know, they went through their A license program, they jumped with an instructor one on one for most of their jumps, then they did a bunch of solos, and now they want to start free flying. They ha- don't have, you know, almost any formation skydiving experience, and now they want to just move straight to sit flying, and now you've got to, and now you're trying to explain to them about what an approach looks like. Uh, all that's, you're trying to teach them a new orientation and the fundamentals of flying in a group at the same time. Um, have you thought about what you're going to do to filter that out or encourage people to uh, to not participate in free flying until they have those skills? Yeah, I mean that's going to be that's going to be the responsibility of the mentor, free fly organizer, whatever title we're going to put on it. But yeah, that's going to be part of their responsibility is is understanding who they're working with and recognizing like, hey, man, it's going to be better if you go do more belly jumps and and you work on some of these these fundamentals and educating them, you know, not, not being like, you know, shaking your finger at them and telling them, you know, oh, you're not ready, but encouraging them like, Hey, the right way to do it is this. And here's why those skills are going to make you better. Uh, and you're going to learn quicker when we start working on free flying. So knock out some jumps and, and work on these, these things. And when you feel proficient at it, when you have, uh, people telling you that you're rocking your slot and stuff, then start thinking about learning an entire new flying discipline. That's the right way of doing it. And that's going to be what this program really encourages. What do you say to someone who's got 50 jumps and they say the belly flying's boring? I bet they suck at it. That's what I'm going to say. Amen. That's exactly what I was hoping you'd say. Yeah. I bet they, I bet they suck at it. I bet they think that they're really good and it's boring. But they um, probably couldn't fly up and break in no, to, a, to a round. No. I bet, I bet they're, not, they're not good enough at it. I agree. I'm yeah, more. belly's fun. If you're Dude, belly's super fun, and I I think <laughs> like the the people every once in a while we do like a staff big way, like Raul organize something or Blair will organize something, and the people who are the sickest free flyers because you can tell they have good fundamentals and and they have a good base that they built upon. Those are the people that still do the best on the belly jumps because they spent the time there because, well, because damn right. they they know they have a good base and they and they built their skills on top of that. And and then you have people who. On the surface, you'd think they might be a good flyer, uh, but there's that belly stuff is missing, and they're the ones that sink out. Someone who skydives for a living, I've seen these people sink out on these jumps, and man, it's got to be embarrassing. I, I haven't sank out of a skydive, knock on wood, since my my 200th jump. I we did a and I, I did this ruined like my whole week because I was I was a pretty new skydiver. I thought I was getting okay at. I had a little bit of tunnel time, and we were doing a jump for my 200th jump. And I sank out. I was I was on I was coming in. I was on level, and then I just feet on my butt. I backslid and sank out. And like it honestly, it felt like I was in a fight with my girlfriend, like skydiving with my girlfriend. I was like, "Bitch, why are you doing this to me?" <laughs> like it was not. It's not good. Me and skydiving fought. That's for how you fight with your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, dude. Bitch, why are you said, doing this to I me? I said, "Bitch, I will hit you in your tiny mouth." But no. You, you uh, said that. You said. I looked this woman in the windows of her soul, and I said, "Bitch." You said it. You did. You said that. You Hell said yeah, that. I said, "Bitch." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. No, but uh, I I think that if 
if belly isn't fun for you and you have less than a few hundred skydives, you, you, you're probably not doing a very good job. Yeah, you probably suck at it. You should probably start wingsuiting soon. <laughs> what, about, what about base jumping? Can I do that yeah, too? Yeah, yeah. Start base jumping because yeah, I can't fly a parachute sure. either. Yeah. Oh, you can't fly a parachute. Can't fly your body. I don't have any friends either. What Here, should I take do? Take this equipment. <laughs> <sighs> have you thought about buying motocross pants yet? <laughs> uh, how do I look? Oh, never mind. I was gonna do another yoga pants joke, but then I realized that I wear yoga pants, so. <laughs> Yeah. And do handstands in middle God, I love doing handstands. Oh, uh, so we're trying to keep these to two hours to keep them at a more reasonable duration for people who don't know us who might want to be interested in watching and the podcast. And want people want more text. We're getting right <laughs> up there. So uh, what does the world need to know about uh, Mr. Jesse Leos? What, what does the world need to yeah, know? Well, let's just, just tell the world where they can find you. Let's say I'm intrigued by this podcast. I want to get coached by you. I want to see you doing your thing out in the world. Where do yeah, I go? Yeah, just, just, I mean... Contact me via Facebook. Find me at the t- at the drop zone. Tbo said iFiWorld.com. Email over all. Yeah, uh, text.fly on Instagram. I guess you do have a really good Instagram. Thanks, man. Because social media is weird. It's fucking strange. It's right? super weird, man. It's not something that I've I've I, I've gotten more comfortable with it. Definitely, and I know it may seem like I'm comfortable with it because I I post videos and pictures of my flying and my friends flying and stuff like that and my organizing, but. It, it's weird, man. It's a it's a weird part of the hustle that is being a professional coach. Is... Uh, dude, I hate social media. It's my job. You ever see me post much about me on social media, or is it skydiving? Face, you know, anything to do with radio? Yeah, there's gravity. something about yeah. There's something about I, like I guess it. the thing that you like to do and what you're actually doing. If you focus on that, it, it makes it a little less weird. But yeah, I was a personal trainer before. You know, I started skydiving and trying to make money skydiving and tunnel flying. And it was that that self-promotion aspect of Did you being a personal trainer was all super the weird. of how jacked and tan no, you No, see, I could never get, like, I could never, I, could, I just couldn't bring myself to do that. I thought, man, how weird are selfies? It's pretty weird. Man, there was, a, there was a girl that came in the tunnel the other night, and she walks upstairs. She's with her boyfriend. She walks upstairs, sees the first-time flyers, lights up, like, oh, my God, isn't this incredible? Like, every human being probably should when they walk up and see human flight for the first time <laughs> and she immediately reaches into her pocket and starts taking selfies not with the tunnel in the background just of herself at iFly <laughs> and I was just what a world man it's super like, weird I, I almost, how was that acceptable when I see someone taking a selfie it's, oh, I almost I mean, feel like yeah it's like don't you feel embarrassed doing this in a room full of people yeah. right now is this not weird for you super weird super weird I'll take an ironic selfie every once in a while with Sam because she just we don't have many pictures of us together and she likes to do it. So let's say we went out to you know we went out to Lion King or something. We're dressed up. Yeah, I'll stomach one, you know. Sure. But I don't go do anything and pull out my phone and like yeah the fucking internet's gonna love that. Maybe I'm <laughs> so much more comfortable now than when I got out of college and I was trying to like do personal training independently for two or three years. And you're marketing yourself is that social media has gotten maybe so much more ridiculous over the last five to six years with selfies and things like that, that it feels like me posting skydiving stuff doesn't feel nearly as weird as most of the stuff that's out there. Like the level of narcissism it takes to just do this and make love to yourself in front of a camera in a public place. What the hell's wrong with people? (laughs) 
A lot. That would be my answer. There's a lot wrong. Mm. You hear my voice crack just then? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Finally going to hit that growth spurt I've been hoping for. <laughs> Make 4.11. Fuck you, man. My girlfriend really is 4.11. Yes. My mom's 5 even, so I, 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 I grew up with a short lady in my house. My sister, tall. Um, dude, Nick, fucking home run. Next week, uh, Jesse, thank you so much for being here. I, when I first started doing this, I'd ask you to be on here, and I never really pictured it going this direction and this way, and I don't think this episode could have gone any better. I think at the beginning, I asked you about potentially doing some co-hosting and actually sitting in that chair, and you I were very know, hesitant. I know the only reason that you want me to have practice in this chair is so I can sit here and you can sit there. No. That's the old, Don't bull fucking bull. No. <laughs> I'm good. No. So... <laughs> See, now you're broke. Now you know why. Yeah. I'm not broke. I'm not broke because I've had a few people ask me to do that, but no. DJ I was tweaking his nipples when he, when Nick said that. Ooh. Just so you, you couldn't see off camera. Are I going to be the guest? Ooh. Ooh. Oh, wait a minute. That sounds like something. Um, no, but wanted to have you there, and I really don't think this could have gone any any better had I been sitting there. Your personal interaction, your, your level of friendship, I really think that that really brings home what you brought to the table tonight would have been so much better with Nick than, than any chance with around me. Nick, I want you to be there more, and next week we have uh, Mumphy, uh, Roberto. Yeah. Roberto, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mumphy. And uh, I'm, I don't have no problem hanging out with him. I don't mind if you take the reins on that one either. So we'll just make that decision during this next week well, and figure it out. My problem with that is that motherfucker doesn't even speak English. <laughs> Maybe we put him over here and we <laughs> both. No, um, well, his English has actually gotten really good in the last couple of years. I've heard him use some words that I've been surprised that are in his vocabulary. Yeah. And, like. Uh, uh, <laughs> like good big words? No, or yeah, like real words. I can't yeah. think of Just anything. think of a big word real quick. I wasn't Nick. taking any notes. He was talking about the viscosity of my uh, perspiration <laughs> earlier. No. Uh, was it Clamato? Was it Neville Clamato? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I was going to try an imitate his accent, but I'm going to make him sound like Middle Eastern or something. <laughs> One of your other alternate guests was a guy by the name of Chulo. Yeah, I'd love to have Carlos on here. Oh, man. So, the most positive human being I've ever met. It's dude. almost frustrating for me sometimes. I love Chulo, man. He, no, I love him. He's so great, dude. He he took, uh, I don't know if you saw the picture of me in my new yeah, studio. Yeah, yeah. He took that picture, and I got it printed, and it came in today, and he was so psyched that I asked him to sign it. But uh, he's the he's greatest. such a great person. And I, I'm someone who I, I really do struggle with being... Uh, outwardly positive, like especially in my interactions with other people. I know you're the same because absolutely cause not. I've, cause what's I've that? What's that like, Nick? Uh, just ask some of the people you work with. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, uh, Carlos is someone who I wish I could. I wish it was a more adaptable thing that I could learn it from him. You know that I like just seeing him do it. I wish that was enough for me to just be like, yeah, I I do want to be more that way. You know, where I don't let petty little things fuck my day up, and where I don't let my mental focus on something allow me to be an asshole to the world because my brain is so centered in one spot. But uh, I don't ever... I actually saw Tommy whip Carlos with a pull-up cord once and make him start bleeding, and he didn't smile for a second. And that was the most <laughs> upset I've seen. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he folded his arms and just, like, did, a, like, a straight face, like, mm-mm. And that was as mad as I've ever seen him be. I tried to describe him once to my girlfriend, Soraya, and I was just like, this guy is just so positive and so funny. And I think I was telling the McDonald's story like yeah. for your birthday uh-huh. when we all went to McDonald's. And uh, 
fucking best birthday. Oh, ever. man, that was incredible. Billy, you're the man. And uh, I was just trying to explain like how Carlos was almost crying when he saw Ronald McDonald. McDonald. Dude, <laughs> and she's just a... thinking this guy sounds like a lunatic. And I'm like, no, you just got to know him. It's really endearing and no, awesome. And <laughs> there, there are people who pretend to be that happy. You know, the people yeah. that just fake it, you know, no, that you can so tell are super and genuine. But Carlos is absolutely not that way. No. And he's just such a loving and... Uh, Stoked. Kind, yeah, kind-hearted guy, man. I love Carlos. Yeah. Kind is definitely definitely the right word for him. Get him on sometime in the near future. We'll Rabbit. You know Rabbit. Yeah. The pilot. Rabbit has been tentative about coming on the show, and him and I talked today, and he says he's ready. He's, he's wanting to do this. Nice. So, dude, you talk about a fucking tenure. You talk about history. That man has been around this sport forever. <clears throat> been around the Houston scene. So th- those are some of the things we're working on. Next week we got Rob. We'll bring who's coming up. I've got a few other guys we've been talking with. I just need to confirm the plans with those. Uh, so I, you're going to wrap the show up here in a second. I have one more thing I want to share before we do that. Oh, that's a good looking sticker. Hold Dude, on. that right there. Uh, we went out and got Gravity Lab stickers made. I only got a small handful of these made. I just made with a small run batch. Um, I, I don't make any money off Gravity Lab Radio. This is just something fun to hang out with my homies. So I can't spend tons of money on this uh, at a time. But if you want Gravity Lab Radio stickers, we're giving them out for free. We're, we're not asking for anything for them. Hit Mr. P up. Hit myself up at Spaceland Houston. Does Ben have some? Ben Nelson has them at Skydive Spaceland Dallas as well. So if you want a sticker, please let us know. We'd be happy to share these. Spread the word. Um, man, we've had a lot of fun doing this. Jesse, you've been a lot of fun having, uh, being on here. People, if you listen to this, if you check it out, please, please, please go to iTunes uh, and leave a review. Something we're trying to do is grow and expand this. We want more people to, to get into what we do. We can share and grow our sport internally and externally through what we're having fun here with. And, and Nick and I have some growth plans, and that will really help us help us get more and, and for us more exciting guests because tonight was boring as fuck. Would you say that we want to engorge the podcast? We want to make it large Ooh. and plump. Like your package, Mr. Tex. Mm. I felt that the other what? day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you grabbed his dick. Yeah. I forgot. I was no. like, how do you... I'm not sure if it was his dick or his ball sack. I'm not 100% sure what I grabbed at that moment. Well, I'll give you a hint. You were halfway down my leg. <laughs> and your balls hang low. I mean, there's another story there. Boxers are briefs. Really old balls. Really old sweaty balls. So, Mr. P, Sir, wrap it up. Hey, uh, thanks for tuning into the podcast. Jesse, thanks for being here. Mm-hmm. DJ, you better get that music queued up. You did it better than I do. Hey, uh, this is Gravity Lab Radio. Mr. P. DJ Marvin running the board this what week. Up? Did an amazing job. <laughs> and we got Tex doing push-ups Seven, down below. Eight, nine million, two million. <laughs>